Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial podcast for For All Mankind on Apple TV+. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 4, House Divided. Aaron, are you a house divided on this episode? Do you love it? Did Kinda? you hate it? Both? So I, I, I love the show. I love the season. I like what they're where they're going with it. Um I am increasingly distressed at how much suspension of disbelief some of the plot lines require. I wish they had either more time to lay out why they're plausible or uh, you know wh- why they're not because I have like alarm bells going off on some of these plots and I'm looking for things that are not happening um, but I like this theme of something that I've noticed when political tensions are high is that it's really hard to be the cooler head that tries to prevail nobody wants to he- hear you know what if we take a step back from this moment and really think about things? Everyone wants mm-hmm. to hear that the person that's uh, standing in your way is the villain. And this is a unique inflection point where we all got to pull together and we all got to kick against the goads and we all got to storm the ramparts and we all got to find the villains and put them down. And um, you just see like three, four people get completely stomped in, in, in this kind of rising tide of passion. Um, and it sucks and it's unfortunate, but it's also very real. So I really like that aspect of it. And I, and I, there's not a single, like in like, as opposed to years past where there's been like one plot line. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't even with this. Mm -hmm. There's none of that this year, but I don't know. I don't know that you can walk off base and mount a rescue operation (laughs) over some shiny (laughs) rocks and not have old, the old man of Mars up your ass for it. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that you can't. But I don't think the show has shown me the work that Mm -hmm. would convince me that it's possible. And then maybe there's other shoes to drop. Maybe we're, you know, a little distracted with the the whole Sveta thing. Um, But but yeah, uh, there's a lot that I liked about this episode. I really like Danny and uh, Ed finally having it out about this shit. Like her finally saying that I'm fucking right. Do I have to break my arm to to get us out of a jam this time, or are you going to fucking listen to me? I like that stuff, and I, I again, I, I I like what's going on with Margot, the crucible that she's going through. What do you think about this episode? Yeah, I'm largely the same opinion. I think there is some uh, believability issues being raised in this episode, but we don't see the resolution to that, right? Like, there could be hell to pay coming back in this rover i don't think we ever see them get back to base do we you might be right i think we just see them driving back so maybe you think next episode's gonna have like palmer meeting miles and sam with a master of arms and arresting them like yeah a in a large wrench ready to kick some ass yeah <laughs> I, I don't know it's totally possible i want to give it's it true. the benefit of the doubt temporarily because 
I think you could just about get away with using an old ass spacesuit and bribing some guy to let you out the airlock. I think yeah, I, I again like I'm yes, I was at the ragged edge of believability that uh-huh. the, 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 you know you could rent and but uh also that love rover the, whew, if they don't suffer consequences for that, that'll be rough. Do you think anyone in the show listened to our podcast last year? Because I feel like the extended joke of Miles like this suit is dedicated to the amount of ragging we did on the fat Mega Man design uh-huh, uh-huh. of the Mark one Helio suits. Those things are still <laughs> like when I saw a bust that you just laugh. You just laugh. Yeah, I'm trying to decide which is worse, the suit here or the suit in Loki. And I'm <laughs> totally not sure. <laughs> Well, I know bad. that when we were covering it, we made like because that was the joke of how bulky and dumb this suit is, you know, uh-huh. how impractical mm-hmm. and like it's 90 percent Helios, you know, like oh, yeah. it's a bad it's a bad spacesuit, man. Uh, but aside from believability issues that may or may not be resolved next episode, uh, I really like this episode. I thought to kind of jump on, uh, continue on from where what you said about the politics of it all. I think the way that the show is able to tie in the personal drama with the politics has been really expertly done. Like Ed being personally attached to this astronaut who gets into real political hot water Mm -hmm. uh, over the course of this episode was riveting to me. I I think it it had a lot of stakes both uh, for the nations involved, but also the people involved. And I think that's, that's kind of the best of both worlds. I, I really enjoy a an intellectually stimulating show but also one that tugs on the heartstrings and i think this did it really well yeah and the, and the just being caught in that situation like mm-hmm. the kafkaesque nature of what's going on in the soviet union is picked on the show is i think really really great um, yeah for sure Margot getting that inside view and, and then yeah. and then you see kind of <laughs> their resolution is not necessarily the cooler heads but leverage right like Mm-hmm. Ah, we need to. I think what's going on here is the Soviets are trying to get some goodwill before some really bad news comes out, and so they reach this compromise that they never would have reached. They would have just pushed and pushed, unless it does feel they that had some way. kind of fuck like, up on their end. Yeah, if if, if it hadn't been for Margot finding out that uh, you guys single like you're not know, single handedly, because I, I do think that Ed's handshake is going to come out at some point. Yeah, not not yeah. like handshake like Danielle <laughs> no, and Kush did. I'm hand, talking yeah. about yeah, his shaky hands. Yeah, his uh, his uh, you know early stage. What did we decide it was Parkinson's uh, potentially? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's, that's what the I think the hot theory is right now. I think that's going to come into play. But for right now, like yeah, it feels like the Soviet Union is scared of losing face, so they're being a little and they're getting most of what they want. Uh huh. Yeah, like you know, this is a very talented woman who was. Uh, doing this kind of heroic thing uh, for her country and they don't like her because they don't like her politics and they took her down multiple pegs you Mm -hmm. know sending her home in disgrace to be stand trial in a foreign country uh, for crimes against bozos um, you think we're going to see that trial or is that going to be something that just I, takes place yes, off screen? No, 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 no way. No, I, I don't know if we'll see it, but like we're definitely going to see news clips and we're going to see Ed's butt blood mm. boiling and we're going to see Mars, the wet <laughs> bandit, get caught red, you know, get get his fingers burnt a little bit. And I, I yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I do. I don't know if we'll actually see a full on court scene because what would that look like? A Russian being tried in India? I, I just wonder uh, what the Russian influence is going to be here. Are they going to try and get... You know, like really 
push whatever advantage they feel like they have here um, and, and really put her through the ringer or are they just content to have her tried at all? That the 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 staff meeting she called made it seem like just getting her sent home and yeah. standing trial is like uh, that that's that that they're satisfied. It, it did feel like they're actually satisfied. You know, I think so. Yeah. Uh, she seems to be presiding over that uh, group with a pretty heavy hand. So what she says goes, and she says, we got what we wanted out of this. Yeah, yeah, we're very but, happy. you know, that's all tint- tinted with, like, uh, we fucked up, too, and the Americans are going to know that sooner or later, and this is kind of a goodwill-seeking mm-hmm. measure, but... I think so. That's yeah. the way I read it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was a, a really good episode with maybe one minor exception, but we'll see how that plays out next time. Fair enough. Maybe we should get into the recap. Let's do it. You're listening to Hi, Bob. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to more For All Mankind. All right, we start off with Svetlana's team uh, wanting to chat about politics of the, the situation back home with the Russian coup. Uh, but she just wants to get work done. So she goes out on the surface with one of her guys to do some stuff, and they end up getting into a fight on the surface of Mars when he, uh, he calls her a traitor, and his suit gets punctured. That's not good on Mars. What's your stance on fighting words, Jim? I'm with Svelana here. I, I, the way he, with this wry smile, like he knows how provocative this is. He calls her a traitor. That's and a whore. Like you know, spreading her legs for the West. Like that's like oh, what he okay, threw yeah. in her. You know, like that's yeah, that's for sure. That's I, uh, I felt like that was a less offensive flash. thing to her. <laughs> but when he really? calls her a traitor, she lost it. Yeah. Um, because that's the thing. Is like I, I, you know, I, I, I've certainly experienced uh, people saying certain combinations of words that had me seeing red and considering rash action. But like they made it pretty clear this. What actually happened is she pushes him over, he rips the suit, and he goes into bariatric trauma. But what she tried to do is smash his windshield, right? His view, his his faceplate wide open with that piece of metal. Like that's a yeah. that's a fucking attempted murder. Like it's not yeah. as accidental as what the official reports being rid up. And that's where it's like, man, that I thought that was such a great because like, yeah, you don't really want a person in these kind of testy political times is gonna try to murder someone on the surface of Mars even uh, in a snap decision and uh well it was a doomed attempt anyway i don't know if you recognized it but this this thing's just a piece of ikea kitchen storage it's not like <laughs> it's not gonna break through the faceplate of a martian suit. i wouldn't i like look i believe in bulletproof vests absolutely uh-huh, uh-huh. i would not let someone shoot me 
from 10 foot away wearing a vest just because oh it's what are you gonna do your ribs are gonna get a little hurt you know like i yeah you know what about like, with an ikea made bullet and an ikea made gun <laughs> Uh, if Ikea flat packed a rifle and wanted to shoot me with it, I would assume it's going to work because I've had nothing but good uh-huh. successes with Ikea stuff. So, yeah, I'd be terrified. But, but, it, but uh, after your first move, it will stop working. So I'm just I so you don't, don't pack that thing up and move it. I'm just saying metal against glass uh, with with uh, effectively uh, a, a near vacuum. That's just not what you want to do. She got lucky For that sure. he only ripped a suit because I don't know if he explosively decontaminates. Uh, I was a little, also a little shocked that they don't have, I mean, may, I don't know, maybe I'm used to the Expanse where it's like they all have these like self-sealing kits that they can fix their, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually surprised that they don't have some kind of way to field repair a minor rip like that. Like, I feel like Gorilla Glue would do it. Like, duct uh-huh. tape might do it. Uh, you know, this isn't like this isn't a high pressure situation. You're containing one atmosphere against like 0. 0.1, 0. 0.01 atmosphere. This is not like an explosive decompression thing. I felt like that they they play they're 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 playing a little fast and loose with the science again, but. Yeah, I, I mean, you would think they would be prepared for that scenario, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If not, it's like, because, like, yeah, like, um, you know, especially now they're doing heavy industry and mining and, like, manufacturing and stuff. Like, you're going to get your shit ripped, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, but. It... I mean, they should have known that their fight on the surface of Mars was real. I mean, she's trying to kill him. So, of course, she doesn't care about this. But a fight on the surface of Mars is definitely going to result in somebody getting their suit ripped. Do you think it was a little bit of a failure of command for Danielle to put these people like the the put these? It'd be like imagine if you had like a Republican Democrat in lead in in the uh, I don't don't know either what post January 6th. What uh mm-hmm. and you know tensions are running high in the space station. Do you just send like two partisans out to kind of like you know like why wouldn't you just pair like every Russian goes with an American or at least keep the kind of like Soviet loyalists together? Maybe her thought is like if I mix them, it'll keep things. I, I don't know. It just seems like in hindsight, maybe maybe it was a slight command. It's error. Po- it could almost certainly be chalked up as an error, I would think, but I don't know if I blame her too much. I mean, she's still very new to this job. She's still getting acclimated to the crew, the the base, everything up here. Yeah, I get the feeling that she just doesn't know the people well enough yet. And if, if anybody right hand, is is at, at fault here, it might be Ed for not suggesting this. You know, true. Like, He's hey, got this. Been the boots I, on the ground. He he would uh-huh. know where those political divisions and. He should, but it's also been shown that he's oblivious to the lower deck stuff, right? So he, yeah. like, going out with this Vasily guy, he doesn't know Vasily at all. Vasily's just yeah. another grunt to him. Yeah, I. Uh, it's 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 a damn shame because I I just kept on wondering, like like Danielle does, like if Kuz was still around, you know, he would know. Like I I don't think this mistake would be made the same way, uh-huh. but. Then again, the asteroid, it's like, that's another thing. It's like, I, I wonder if, like, they had successfully captured that asteroid if the coup would have been as successful or if they'd even attempted it. That's, that's a good question. I don't know. But they attempted it in our maybe, world and we've never captured an asteroid. So, true. I was, I was, I was like, maybe they were just waiting for, like, this is a, 
obviously the pressures around the coup were around since the 90s because that's when the real life one happened so mm-hmm. like maybe they were just waiting like gorbachev just a first mistake or the first big political embarrassment whatever was going to be the thing that does him in it, it's interesting and uh but yeah going forward um yeah i don't even know because it feels like danny barely even has control of the station at this point like mm-hmm. the russians can just decide she's not she's not in command anymore and change all the 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 dos prompts to cyrillic and then what do you do yeah if i'm her first thing i'm doing is uh getting the base under my control now that there's some kind of truce again yeah because you can't have that happen you can't as the commander of the base you can't have it just wrested from you at a moment's notice it feels like it's already too late, right? Like once you have the rug pulled underneath, uh, out from underneath your command that bad, and like it's precedent that like you when you say it can't happen, well, what what happens when the thing that can't happen happens? <laughs> sure. How yeah. do you put that like back and like okay for realsy now? Danielle's mm-hmm. the supreme commander of Mars. You got to listen to what like ah uh, I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a slow descent into some kind of hell and i it does feel like it yeah like there's going to be a cold war on mars kind yeah of thing. And somehow some north korean's wife's going to fit into it uh-huh, and miles uh-huh. black market operations going to be some pivotal thing and oh yeah i don't know we'll see man uh uh margo reports for her first day of work at star city and as she's walking through the building she sees rena getting briefed about the problem on mars the demand of repercussions i I know sometimes we've made fun of it but i want to take a point out to like applaud the makeup that they've got on rin schmidt and also applaud her performance like i think she is doing by far the best job of feeling like this is a character who is that old yeah you know i I agree kinnaman is like stooping and he's got a serviceable makeup job, but like it's, I, I think that Margot just effortlessly sails it. Like when she walks up and looks up at that and just has that like deep full body sigh, mm-hmm. um, I, I just really buy it. And um, as I much her... as I, yeah, I was gonna say, as much as I find Margot kind of prickly and kind of hard to relate to, um, I think she's killing it this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think her performance as the old person is probably the best. Uh, Danielle's makeup, uh, old old person makeup, I think is the best. Granted, they don't have as much to do to her, but like, yeah, her her makeup's really selling it for me. You've got the younger, you got the black don't crack, but the the <laughs> sure. the hair I think is like perfect. It looks perfect. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the the building here inside inside Star City? We're we're kind of like NASA, but it's it's much more. It's evil NASA. It's socialist NASA. Yeah, the colors are redder. It almost feels like the Mars version to NASA's moon or something. Sure. A lot less, uh, uh, 100% less eagles, uh, 1,000% mm-hmm. more hammer and sickles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I do, like, I do think, um, like, I, I commented on the uh, the mosaic. Um, mm-hmm. I do think some of the Soviet civil works and, like, artistic works are pretty beautiful, even if they sure. are kind of limited and... And their style, you know, there's a, a specific style guide the Soviet Union was kind of like uh, enforcing on artists for years and years and years. But it does, it, every once in a while, you come up with some bangers. Sure. Architecturally, no thank you, but 
Sure, yeah. they have some interesting. A lot art. of brutalists, a lot of brutalists. But you know, the, the 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 Johnson Space Center is not 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 exactly a prize. Sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Danny and Ed back up on Mars. They're talking about the situation. Uh, apparently, it's not uncommon for the Russians to be fighting among themselves, and Danny thinks that Svetlana's the problem and decides to take her off flight status. Ed's trying to defend her, but Danielle's mind is made up, and when she goes to tell her, Svetlana says, actually, don't worry about that. Don't worry about punishing me because I've been recalled by Star City and I'm leaving tomorrow to, to stand trial for my actions. Salt and crimes against the Soviet patriot. I'll be damned. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they. this is where we find out that this Vasily guy is connected to the victorious uh, members of the coup. So, so I guess he was right. She is now a traitor. I mean, what is what is what is loyalty <laughs> to one's country actually at the end of the day? You know, sure. is it is it it's kissing the the right tote the son of the right toady's ass, or is it actually trying mm-hmm. to better your country? I would argue is for it the latter. The ideals of it, sure. But clearly, and it's not just the Soviet. I mean. I, that's that's the thing that um, is interesting about that is I, I, I find with this Soviet stuff, it's a lot easier to uh, see the splinter in one in one's adversary eye than the rafter in one's own, because like, I don't know, I, I think the episode makes that point pretty good when you, you've got like um, you got Marv, the wet bandit, trying to apply pressure to his counterpart in Russia, and she's able to deflect with enough whataboutism because mm-hmm. you know America isn't blameless, and they're you know like we we'd like to be when we grandstand on the moral uh, on the on the stage of the you know uh, the, the, the our moral standing in the world. Is what I'm trying to say, but like you can always point to like, well, yeah, what about that? Yeah, what about this? What about you know? It's like, oh well, you know, our transition of power is just as smooth as yours, and you know, you want us to uphold Al Gore stuff as much as we did this, and. And also, like how you're, you're acute, you know, it's like your our, our trials are just as fair as yours, right? And uh, of course, we don't play favorites with, uh, you know, politicians' nephews, just like you don't, right? Right. And it's like <laughs> it's not it's not the same. I think that there's a different diff, de- a def- difference in degree, if not kind. Mm-hmm. But that's a weak stage. That's, that's that's a weak corner to fight out of on the national on the international stage, you know. Well, sure, our yeah. crimes are less like there's misdemeanors and yours are felonies. Like, okay, well, still breaking the law, right? So we're just horse trading now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hypocrisies on both sides. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good how they portray that stuff. Uh, let's go over to Danielle sending a message back to NASA to say that she's unable to send Svetlana back. She she won't do it. Uh, unfortunately, their space agreement says that they're allowed to call their own cosmonauts back at any time. Uh, and the NASA executives get a briefing about the new head of the Soviet space program, Arena Morisova. Uh, and Hobson decides that he can just talk it out with her. I'll, I'll just go talk with her. No problem. I'm a negotiator. This would be like when I negotiated, you know, the rates of the bolts that went into the struts of the cars that we built yeah. <laughs> over at Chrysler. Uh, it'll be fine. I mean, I can see a guy like this that apparently negotiated a new contract with the UAW. I can, it's like, you know, I've, I've done tough negotiations and I like the Russians. They're direct, straightforward people, you know? There's, <laughs> there's no pretense to them. Um, uh, hmm. 
it's just he's he's uh you know he's he's dealt with the Russians in a season of glass nosed and now he's about to get the real politic version and mm-hmm. uh it's funny to watch it yeah it's funny to watch him kind of flail um yeah and, and to have absolutely no leverage against these Russians yeah that is a really fun scene uh because I, I I don't know I'm not sold on Hobson I I maybe understand some of his motivations he's just trying to get a job done and he'll he's willing to compromise with whoever he needs to compromise with and make deals and stuff but at the same time he's not taking the hard line that i would wanted to take on the the sense of exploration and the ideals Mm -hmm. of nasa right so yeah i'm not totally sold on him being a great guy yet so when he gets his ass kicked in that negotiation i'm kind of okay with it and and also Daniel Stern is really good at the comedic side of it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's the perfect punch setup punchline. Like this self-assured guy being like, Oh yeah, you know, I like negotiating. I want to give these Russians a fair and then him getting his balls completely broke. And yeah. then then the payoff is him swearing at his you know, getting chewed out by Al Gore and swearing at his his uh stationary yeah. bicycle. <laughs> and this is why you get Daniel Stern to do that, because he's just so it's just so fun to watch bad things happen to. <laughs> I, yeah, he totally is. Yeah, it worked in Home Alone. It works here. It does. Uh, it really does. And, I and also you don't think hold he's it against the drama, him, right? Like you, you know, you don't hate sure. Marv from Home Alone. You might be scared no. a little bit of Harry, but Marv, nah, he's he's a goof. He's a goofball. Even when he wants to murder children, he's still funny yeah. and likable. I don't think he's a hard thing to pull. Harry off. would go through it. I don't think Marv would. I don't think Marv would actually no? kill Kevin if he got him like you know his his hands on his neck. I'd be like, ah, oh, I can't kill it, but you know, that's Maybe. just my read of him. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It, yeah, we'll we'll see how this all plays out here in a bit. But I, I think he's doing a great job on the dramatic side too. I yes, he's funny, but I think he's also bringing like a serious tone to it when yeah, he yeah. needs to that is really working for me i'm just glad he's got that brush to paint with you know mm-hmm. all right let's go to Ilya and miles going over the new orders uh for their illegal trade up on up in happy valley miles asks how the special request form uh from lee is going uh Ilya's associate is working on it apparently but there's not much to report yet Miles asks whether they could sell things from uh, up here, down on Earth, maybe expand their trade a little, and says uh, he plays this message from his wife about how she sold the rock from Mars that uh, he gave to his daughter. $5,000. It's a pretty good chunk of change. Uh, he says maybe we can re- we can replicate that whole bunch. And Ilya's like, nope. this uh, I don't want to get more people involved. I don't want to take on more risk. And Miles is like, oh, yeah, I understand. This is going to be the downfall of their organization, isn't it? Hundred percent, Ilya's done. I, I knew this was happening as soon as Miles yeah. like got that glint in his eye when he was talking with Sam about, oh, what can I do to make more money here? And he he eyed it's, Ilya. It I'm like, like it's the end. He's done. It, it seems like it's like a recurring thing, and he kind of organized crime. And this is what it is. This is organized crime, like by definition. Yep. That like the underlings who are doing all the work uh, and paying up all the money, like, you know what, boss? Uh, there's a lot of money in that white powder. Yeah, but we start slinging that dope. It's going to get uh, all kinds of heat on us. And there's going to be button there. 
and it's the same old story. It's like you're trying to tell a person, you, you know, who who have you trained that there is no lines, you know, like they're just everything is just kind of gray and you can kind of color outside of them. Suddenly, oh, no, this is a line. This is a line mm-hmm. we can't cross for money. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to go about as well for Ilya as it did for the old man in Godfather. <laughs> Stay away from the orange stands, Ilya. <laughs> they're not, they're, nothing good's going to happen at the orange stands. Is there a reason that NASA, that the M7 can't bring up fungal creams and energy bars and pornography and beef jerky? Because, like, clearly the astronauts want it, and it's not a problem getting it up there. They've got the Delta V. They can do it. Why are they not providing those services? The reason black markets exist is to get either more variety or to lower costs because maybe Helios thinks that fungal cream is worth $50 a tube because they're paying the Mm -hmm. per ounce fee to ship it over there. And Ilya can be like, ah, yeah, well I can throw an extra eight ounces in this crate. No one's going to notice. And I can sell it for 20. Yeah. He can just piggyback on their, the cost of them getting it to Mars. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, they are subsidizing the savings by just not paying for the transportation costs. You know, it's like whatever you can get in extra. Um, And I wonder what would be the limit to that. Like, at, certain, at, at some point, you would be putting so much extra weight if you start shipping rocks that you might unbalance something. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you think there's problem. underwear in this crate and it's actually Mars rocks. Yeah, like you you think that that thing is, is loaded with 5,000 kilograms and it's actually loaded with 6,000 because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, instead of packaging underwear, you've got like a bag of rocks. Like, I, I don't know. Like, Delta V calculations don't usually have like a huge margin of you know, yeah we're gonna sh- we're gonna put the twenty percent extra fuel on this rocket because who knows what could happen right hell no yeah. you're not gonna do that it could be dangerous could definitely be dangerous yeah curious to see how much he how long Ilya can fly under the radar here because I think Miles is about to blow up his spot. Well, the bigger problem, I think, is that like, okay, let's play this out. Let's let's say that you're going to have a regular stream of rocks that are going to make for five thousand dollars, and they're going to start making jewelry. Um, this jewelry is popular. Why is it going to be popular? It's going to be popular because it's got Martian gemstones in it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, where the hell are these Martian gemstones coming from? Like, mm-hmm. it's almost an investigation that asks to be launched because like NASA's not doing it, Russia's not doing it. Where the fuck are these rocks coming from? I mean, the idea would be you get in, you make your money, and you get out. But that's yeah. never how it goes. That's no. never how it goes. You get in, and, you make as much money as possible till you get caught, and then you're done. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, happens. and there's there's also like once as the market ramps up and demands, like the prices are going to fall. Like you you know, you may you sell your first rock for five grand, and your second, third rock, but your tenth eh, rock, your hundredth I mean, rock. I've seen what happened with diamonds. And those are certainly less scarce than <laughs> Mars rocks. So. so so Miles is going to start a family that hoards Martian rocks and yeah. carefully launches them and, and, and makes arguments that the exact same <laughs> volcanic rock on Earth is not. Is that shit? That's a shit rock. That's a shit uh-huh. rock. That you want the rock that, that got melted on Mars. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, I it mean, can be done. It works for Yeah, done. he's the Martian Zales. He's... he's... <laughs> Martian Tiffany or something. I don't Although know. I don't, I feel like I don't know that the younger generations are down with 
you know the whole two month salary for a fucking piece of rock that came from the earth when it's not well, even if, the what rarest if it gemstone. From the earth? It's arguably not the prettiest gemstone, and it's chemically indistinguishable from a gemstone you Artificial can make in the lab ones, yeah. be perfect for uh-huh. a tenth, no, the, I'm with a tenth you. cost. Like I, I do, I do, I do wonder silly, if but... yeah, I, I, I see, I, I feel like I see young, uh, more and more young people eschewing that, getting like engagement rings with like emeralds or topazes and different types of settings mm-hmm. and just anything but worshiping at the altar of the beers and good good on them because it's it's super dumb and silly but yeah also we're humans and we do lots of dumb silly stuff also we haven't brought mars rocks back yet to start putting True. on our rings i feel like True. that would give that would extend the jewelry industry another at least 10 years but yeah what do i know I'm sure he uh, loves you, but is he does he Martian rock love you? <laughs> sure. I mean, that's How a question think... on the back of my mind. If I was if I was getting an engagement ring in the year 20, 2002 and the For All Mankind timeline. Did we see the size of the rock that he sent back? I remember the meatloaf brick, but I don't remember didn't, seeing the didn't rock. His, I, I thought his wife held it up or something. Because you're saying she sold no, it. She I don't already think sold she... It. She did sell it. I thought she was the. Yeah, I thought she, she apologized at the very beginning. She was like, "Don't get mad, but here's what happened." Oh, okay, and they need the money. They had to make sense. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, judging by the other rocks he got, they look like they're potato size, right? Yeah. So five k for that, I guess wholesale. It's not. It's not amazing. That's that's not great, especially when you're shipping it from Mars. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You couldn't, you're right, you couldn't do that for that price if you had to pay yeah. for the cost. You have to gray market the Delta V or yeah. it's just not going to yeah. work, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, jewelry logistics, let's move on. T-minus three seconds until the ad. Touchdown, and we're back. Hobson calls Arena to negotiate over Svetlana. This is a scene where he gets his ass kicked uh, rhetorically. Uh, she takes the hard line that Svetlana broke Soviet oh, wait. law. I'm yeah. sorry. Can we can we go back and uh, actually? Sure. There's one other thing I want to talk about. I, I got they 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 name check the North Korean's wife again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And no one is saying what he wants is impossible. Like, like Miles is but not no one's like saying way... still what exactly he wants when he means when he says his wife, what does he mean? There, there's a way you can talk about when you are in a criminal organized that you're trying to string someone along and delay the inevitable. Like there's a way you talk about this situation. That's not the way they're talking about this. This they're talking about a way that's a tough but not intractable situation. Is mm-hmm. it possible his wife is dead and cremated and what he wants is her urn? Sure. That's the only thing that fucking makes sense. I do not. I I don't buy that. Just getting him a phone call would be this fucking hard. Like literally if, if like North Korea doesn't let them do it, all they have to do is sneak him into one of their dorm rooms and let him use the thing. I mean, uh, I guess getting it to her would be the problem because yeah, but but still, it's like that. That seems like a a, a a problem that's either like there's just no fucking way. I got how am I going to get someone to North Korea? Yeah. How would I even approach someone in North Korea to allow that communication to take place? But if mm-hmm. she's if there's a physical object 
that it weighs a few kilograms that would <laughs> right. represent like I, I just wonder i just wonder if he she's dead and he he wants it's, they're currently putting her through a space training program and in six <laughs> weeks time she'll be certified to go up and she could just be I, I mean look at dev dev saying later in this episode we want anybody who wants to make the journey to come up right mm-hmm. maybe they could literally get helios to bring her up if they could somehow communicate with her Gotta get her out of the country, you know. Um, yeah, yeah I, my my new hot theory is that she, it turns out she's she died, and uh, he misses her, and he's because uh, I my headcanon also says he's never been off Mars. Uh, wasn't there that photo of the, was that taken on Mars or was that photo when they came back? I thought I that photo. That was well, no, I think it was after. Oh like, right, when he they, came when back. Kelly, that's right. Yeah. Or did he come back? Because Danny was saying like, "Oh, hey, it's Lee." But did they did did they establish in that scene that he had just recently come back to? Shit, I wasn't I wasn't prepared to have this kind of this conversation, or I would have double checked it. But like, yeah, obviously, I thought he was in the photograph they took when the astronauts got back to Earth. So if if you're not in the middle of recording a podcast and you could you can find this out, uh, fam at baldmove.com. I'll I'll probably look it up between now and next week. But but yeah, I I do wonder because I I just it it seems like they're acting like this is a thing they can do, and I none of the other things I'm thinking of Mm -hmm. seem to to math out. So, no, I think, I think that's a good possibility is that they're just trying to get her ashes up there. The gene right where does he put those? Like, he's so strictly monitored over in the Korean section. I wouldn't think he would have a place to, behind the fridge, I guess. He's he's gonna mm. wheel the fridge out, stick her ashes back there where the uh, the, the still part was the thermostat. That's like, like an urn is small enough, you could probably kind of hide it. it. And like, it, it, I think they're a lot more. Like, I actually have no idea about North Korean culture, but like, it seems like there's a little bit more kind of like ancestor shrine type of things going on in like Japan and China. I assume Korea. Um, and maybe he's like, you know, that, that, that traditionalist and he wants to like just have a little shrine for her. Could so be. It's like, right. yeah. But then maybe again, yeah, permitted. it's like that's, that, that's even harder to find. But, but it might be permitted, but like, you the know questions. they're not going to be happy about the fact that it just shows up right yeah yeah how did you get this here yeah and i can i can't imagine north korea would want to pay to again the the that the tens of thousands of dollars it would probably cost to transport that thing all right compress her ashes into a diamond <laughs> there you that go you can then wear as a ring that then gets lost on the base miles finds it <laughs> thinks it's a pretty rock ships back home and they the sell circle it. the circle of life <laughs> good lord <laughs> all right we got to move on Yes, let's do it. Uh, going to get his ass kicked in this scene by Arena They because they're negotiating over Svetlana. Uh, she takes the hard line that Svetlana broke Soviet law and they have the right to recall her. And the discussion just goes totally off the rails for Hobson real quick. And it ends with Arena declaring that they will have to reconsider their participation in the M7. He might have just broke up the first joint venture in space. But, yeah, I guess not the first, the second. Yeah, and like this feels very much the kind of frustration you get when you deal with um, like the Soviet Union when it's in its secretive stage, where it's like they will mm-hmm. just tell you, like they will they have no compunction about lying, uh, no compunction about accusing you of mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, uh, uh, like this is, yeah, gaslighting and projection and all that stuff. And, and again, not to say that U.S. statecraft is blameless in this, but I think it's safe to say it's on a whole other level when you have an authoritarian regime because they can just, you know, I mean, we've all read 1984, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 just it just it just feels like it's it, it's yeah it's you're just you're just constantly being gaslit on like a national international level. Yeah, there there are some uh, almost comedic level things that Arena will say about her people later in this episode that I want to point out. Um, yeah, that will be fun to talk about. That that goes right into that. It does seem like cognitive dissonance is something that's like baked into Russian culture, going back uh-huh. from the, the czar, you know, peasantry era of like where you could just have random po- pogroms and purges, and you know, there, it doesn't help mm-hmm. to complain, it doesn't help to revolt. It's just like you have to be able to hold the ideal that you know everything's fine, even though it's not, and uh, and then guys like, like Vasily here on the surface of Mars will mm-hmm. start to romanticize that time in yeah. Russian history. Well, I thought that was good too. Like he's, you know, the whole like, oh, we need a strong leader like Stalin. Oh, the guy that drug, you know, millions out in the forest and shot him. Oh, mm-hmm. he won the patriotic war. No, he threw literally millions and millions of Russian lives into a grinder. And that's what won the patriotic war. You just go mm-hmm. back and forth, and like even here, it's a microcosm. With uh, he's like, you know, yeah, that we we did get that, uh, we did reach that agreement with the government of Gorbachev, and he's she's like, oh well, does that mean we don't have to do anything that uh, Ellen negotiated because now Al's in the office? And he's like, well, that's not the same because we had a <laughs> election and an orderly transfer of yeah, power, yeah. and you just had a fucking coup. But like as he's saying it, he can tell that. This is not like how how do you you know there's not a judge I agree here. with him but you can't reason with that yeah it's yeah there's not a there's not an impartial judge is going to be like it's like you it's everyone's getting away with what they think they can get away with on the world stage mm-hmm. and, it's, and it seems uh, like the M7 is roughly divided in half like there are three on the the that are under the sway of the Soviets and three that are sort of with America here um, or on this like side India of the issue and then India is sitting in the middle kind of, of the neutral. wild card yeah yeah yeah. Which will be important later you've got, in the episode. I saw the M7. It's United States. It's Japan. Apparently, the entire European Space Association. But that might make sense. That like the when, when did when did the European the EU? Yeah, when did that form? Like, and I, and even was if that, it's a little was that in the nineties, I I honestly don't know. It might be because like God, I'm so old. I'm trying to think like when did Jay Z start rapping about the euro? It's like early <laughs> thousands, right? <laughs> So, uh-huh. and, and, but even if you told me like it, it it's it's a little early, I I would believe in this this timeline that it is a little early. So you've got Japan, America, and the EU. And then you've got I saw the flags for uh, Russia, China, and the uh, North and North Korea. Mm-hmm. And then I'm assuming, yeah, India would be kind of like not exactly aligned with the West or the East. So they're kind of like yeah. a good, a good, good neutral swing, you know, because they got like they got they got they got beef with the West because mm-hmm. of the, the colonial misrule. Um, but they're also do, capitalists. They're also super like, capitalist yeah. and want you know want to compete on the world stage. So they're not down. So it's, they're probably really good, honest brokers. They're probably a really good impartial judge with these type of situations. Yeah, in this scenario, for sure. But I wonder if they have the power to like if they came up with like a binding. You know, like, like, let's say that they find uh, Sveta innocent of trying to mm-hmm. kill 
the you know what's his face vasily or whatever does russia let it go does russia respect that or does russia put a shit ton of pressure on india to cave in you know i expect the latter but we'll see According to the Wet Bandit, the State Department, uh, or I'm sorry, Danielle, the State Department is very confident that they can, they, they've sealed off all avenue, avenues of retribution. But uh, mm-hmm. what yeah, if the shuttle we'll just ex- with, with Svetlana just explodes? Oh, my God. On the way back. Like, they're, they're like, thinking, thinking sabotage? Or? Yeah, we're playing checkers here. They're just playing chess. Oh, Fuck boy. you, checkmate. Yeah. Uh, that would be exciting. God, how many lives would they sacrifice <laughs> would give, to be that petty? It would give Ed just an instant heart attack. I mean, how many of the I wonder, how many of those transports do they have? Those hotel reconverted hotel transports. I don't know. I don't Me know either. I'm only familiar but with I, the Phoenix and well, I guess that's the Unity. The, no, that's like the space now. station now. You're uh, they actually have uh, those kind of like long skinny transports that they're using with the fusion drives now. So oh yeah, the pro- that probably wouldn't that probably wouldn't be a big deal. So they they probably have more than one, but still, I don't know. Like I'm 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 curious to see where this goes. Uh, all right, Margo's in a meeting of the higher ups here at uh, Roscosmos. Um, they're discussing what to do about Svetlana. Arena declares that they will test whether they can still trust the Americans. And they hand out a report on the Kronos accident, and Margo is given a copy, and she takes that report back to her office and gives it a look over. I think this is another scene that really shows how scary it can be in an environment where you can't agree on the truth, because, like, what is the play? You see one guy who's trying to be the cooler head, and he's trying to, like, you know, do we really want to blow up all this international cooperation over pretty minor dust? He gets completely shut down. And he's preceded by the guy who gets turned over to, by, to the KGP who is, like, towing the party line. He's like, yes, we should, you know, it's, it's, this is an outrage. We should get justice. He's say, saying all the right things and even kind of doing the right things. Like, I think the Soviet Union, if he had asked, like, hey, do you want me to be forthright with these numbers? You sh- should I cook the books? They'd be yeah. like, cook them, comrade. But now so it's like there's no safe ground to stand on. Yeah, no, uh, and, and this scene just, like, it, it points out the hypocrisy of the scene right before it, right? When she she's like, oh, no, we, we treat, uh, we don't give favoritism to anyone just like you don't when she's on yeah. the call with Hobson. And then in this scene, she specifically calls out, this is the nephew of a big wig in the Polar Bureau. So, like, yeah. It's it's on the face of it ridiculous everything she's saying, um, and yeah. and that just like enhances the atmosphere of not knowing. And she's later in the episode she's saying like all all our people when when she congratulates Margot on finding this flaw and and uh you know bringing it to her attention, she's like all of our people are jumping at shadows, but you're different. And I'm like, well, why do you think that fucking is right? It's right. because of your policies. It's because of the way you treat information and people. I mean, you're causing that. You're you're you are degrading your own government by these uh by 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 treating everyone the way you're treating them. No, it's like Chernobyl, you know, I that every lie told is a incurs a debt to the truth and that debt yes. will eventually get paid and it'll get paid in economic problems, it'll get paid in lives lost, it'll get paid in freedoms eroded. And it's not a Soviet thing. Like this, this is true of our fucking country. 
uh-huh. you know uh like we get a little loosey-goosey with what's real and what's not and we start yeah, we're like, paying those costs right now we sure as fuck are the whole uh, arguably a lot of the world and you know the sad thing about that is probably 10 percent of the world made the decisions that got the whole world into the bind it's in but mm-hmm. what are you gonna do um but but it is it's like an app and it's like how certain that you're not already making someone who's going to jump at shadows you just last episode blew someone's brains out in this woman's face put her in a stress position mm-hmm. uh kidnapped her bagged her took her into a black force which to, and then then it's like oh you're, what you're gonna be my lap dog like and, and and just episode she sees someone she did a job and she was the henchman and this guy got bagged up and like mm-hmm. how, how long is it gonna t- be, be before margo's jumping at shadows because that's just yeah. like that's just a human response to this insanity right I would think it would be immediately. Yeah. Like you, no matter, I mean, that's like the, you know, the, that's what everybody tries to get into the, the those contradictions that, that, that um, cognitive dissonance you have to hold. It's like where you're no longer trying to find out what's actually true. You're trying to triangulate to a position where you can do the best job you can without getting your family disappeared. And that's mm-hmm. not, a great way to explore space when she says we need to figure out whether we can still trust the americans is she talking about going over this report and finding out if the americans did something that fucked up the mission or is she talking about something deeper that they're they're currently engaged in i don't know yeah i wasn't certain how those points connected I, I, i thought it was just cover up for this for this mission but you know and, and it's obvious if they found out something on the american side they would max they would they would use that to the hilt and i'm also curious oh, yeah. to see now that they know about the flaw like how is that going to actually be surfaced to the world mm-hmm. is it something that the united the soviet union is going to like oh gosh looks like we we double checked our numbers turns out we made a mistake here or are they going to do a better job of hiding it or actually fabricate some of the data so it matches up or you yeah, because no one's seen this report except for internally. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how. Because I, I doubt that they're just going to go and be like, "Whoops, our bad. We fucked up the thing and caused our own hero to be killed." And one of your guys, you know, it's, I, I don't think it's going to go down that way. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Uh, Margot is in her office uh, looking this over this report, and I couldn't help but notice she's pulling out some kind of slide rule apparatus out of is the that case Vaughn, still that, like, von braun slide rule that he gave her it, it might be but I my god this... lady it isn't 1960 anymore have a computer do your calculations for you <laughs> come on she's playing jazz and i i guess that there are certain types of calculations where an abacus and a slide rule will whip ass i, I mean i don't know nowadays when you can just like really but like i, I heard that like up until Certainly when I was going through high school and like college age, uh, which would be about this era that like, yeah, if you were really good at slide rule and about you, you, you could out computate, you know, one on one certain certain yeah. machines. So I thought it was cool. I thought like it like her doing that and the jazz playing in the background really brought us back like season one, Margot, you know? Yeah. Who faced a lot of internal conflicts, you know, like coming face to face with Von Braun's participation in the Nazi regime and. Well, it's a little bit more direct later in the episode where she finds out that this guy gets disappeared by the KGB. Um, right. Because she finds out that it's a mentor of somebody, which didn't that happen to her mentor? It's like 
pretty or much practically and, did yeah and it's like he didn't get disappeared to a labor camp but he got publicly disgraced and uh-huh. blacklisted and it's like again differences in degree but certainly mm-hmm. not differences in kind for sure all right the lower decks discuss the russian surface um, of mars fight they think that svetlana is just gonna get a slap on the wrist because she's part of the upper deckers Miles comes in and calls Sam away to ask about uh, this rock, and he asks her to take him out to get some more of them so that he can sell them, and she turns him down. Rich, uh, another one of the cooler heads that gets uh, squashed this episode. He tries to, mm-hmm. come on, you know, and uh, no one's having it. Uh, he is, uh, he's, yeah, I think he's a cl- he's being a class traitor is the, is the term here. Yeah, I mean, it's the second time that the lower decks have got overlooked in a catastrophe here. And I think I, I understand why they're angry. I do. And the thing is, if like we, that's the thing that I've come to appreciate in my middle age is that the thing that incites like the big cook off is never the thing, the most worthy, you know, like, uh, like, like, like George Floyd getting killed by that cop. If it was just out of blue, like if some cop put on put put his knee on someone's neck, and that was just like some kind of isolated incident, um, we probably don't have like the largest scale protests and riots this country has seen in like a generation. It it's it it's just like you you don't see all the pebbles that fell before the avalanche happens, right? So it's like if straw on the camel's back. Yeah. If Helios had treated their employees better, if the upper decks had, you know, shared the same kind of like sentiment to the lower decks crews, they do their own peers. If, you know, they weren't bait and switched like you wouldn't, you know, nobody would probably bat an eye that some asshole got what's coming to him on the surface of Mars. You know, he took his chances, takes the swings. He's in a hyperbaric chamber, Mm -hmm. but it's just the latest outrage in their mind. And yep. they're going to get less and less rational every single time uh, an outrage happens. And it's an inevitable. You know, that's like you, the, the old quote there by drags out from uh, uh, Martin Luther King. The, the, the violence is the language. Rioting is the language of the unheard. Like, if you actually address these problems any step away, you wouldn't have these problems. But... Mm-hmm. So I thought it's interesting. And, like, how frustrating it is to be Sam because... She comes a, a little bit. Um, she she comes across like she's just extremely frustrated because she can't even amongst yeah. her own people get agreement on what's going on. And then I think she sees Miles as kind of a kindred spirit, but he doesn't give a shit about the political angle. Man, yeah. it's all about his pocketbook, and that's disappointing. Yeah. yeah, it's himself over others, and I feel like she's looking for a little more solidarity from her friends here. And like even now, now with Miles is like you know she's kind of aided and abetted his you know trying to stick it to get the man and but now he's like the Frankenstein monsters escape from the lab because I think she mm-hmm. thought maybe she had a little control over him like well he can't get a spacesuit he can't do that but now he's now getting himself in trouble she's having to go out of her way to bail him out I feel bad I feel bad for Sam like yeah I heart, do wonder if she's gonna get caught up in this rock plot and I do taken down too along with Ilya. Jesus, what if Ilya and Miles sell her down the river to like avoid, <laughs> oh, you know, how dark, how dark are they going to get oh, with the crime man. politics this season? Right. They get, they get the Rover logs out and they're like, yeah, she went out in the Rover to this site. 
I mean, she must have been gathering rocks to send back, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I could see it. It's like when That's they made rough. Tony's. It's like when they made Tony's uncle the Godfather in Sopranos. Like, uh-huh. oh yeah, we're getting it. We, we, Sam's cracking a whip. Sam's the one that gets all of our RVs going for the Martian. Yeah, I could, I can see it. I don't know if Miles is that big of an asshole, but I'm starting to do the math and mm-hmm. big asshole coefficient in the calculations. I'm finding totally very selfish. Yeah. Uh, all right, Margot works late. She strolls the nearly empty building there at Star City and runs into a woman named Tatiana who helps her get a coffee from the vending machine. And in return, Margo helps her with some rocket science. Like you do. That's That might be the lowest rate she's ever gotten for doing rocket science. This is essentially the Russian equivalent of a quarter. And it's not even that. It's a plug nickel. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even, I, I, it's not even I, two cents. It's, t- it's, it's a washer. It's a here's a here's a penny for your thoughts. It's not it's not even legal tender. If we do not see by the end of this season some poor schmuck just shatter one of these chairs, I'm going to be pissed off. Because how many times has she done this? It can't be the first time. Yeah. Because she knows exactly where to go for these washers. None of these chairs have washers anymore. Well, and that's that's another problem that was was like in, in, in like late stage uh, communism. You know, that like there has the people have done without for so long that they just start cannibalizing the things and they start trimming things off because people got to live at the end of the day. People got to fucking live and they'll find a way life finds a way and you roll tanks down the assembly line that, you know, supposed to have 12 inches of steel plating and ah, they only have 10 for some reason. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you got a thousand tanks you think are in your reserve battalion and people have been starting them every month and lubricating them. And it turns out half of them are missing their transmissions and gee whiz how'd that happen it's like you know uh there there was it's like as much as we as much as we talk about late stage capitalism and it's a fucking nightmare god i i hate i hate fucking doing this show because i feel like i'm i'm preemptively <laughs> trying to protect against the old fucks i know listen to this show they're all like uh like like got raised on fucking carthyism and i'm also bracing for the 20-somethings with the with the fucking hammer and sickles in their twitter bios mm-hmm why why can't we just take the best from all all the systems man (laughs) why does it have to be all or nothing we need fucking unironic marxist leninism we need we need lenin to come out of his tomb like the fucking simpsons and said things or why do we feel like we need like jesus christ robber baron capitalism my god my -hmm. god especially when there's like five or six countries that are doing it right on the money it feels like just just copy their homework people that's all i'm saying yeah we have examples uh, you, you know what? I, I was kind of waffling on whether Svetlana was actually a traitor, um, whether she'd be labeled a traitor now. Um, there is a traitor in the midst, though, here in the Soviet Empire. Oh, yeah? And it's the person who decided to make the employees pay for coffee at Star City. <laughs> like, th- there is no faster way to sabotage your space program than forcing engineers <laughs> to pay for coffee. Let me get this with, straight. With coins. Let with me get coins. this straight. You don't pay for healthcare. You don't pay for lodging. You're paying for <laughs> coffee? Crazy. Crazy. You can't get the go-go juice in a state facility, state-run facility for free? Yeah. I, I, that's that's uh, There's your productivity problem, comrade. This is why we actually, in the real world, beat them to the moon. Because they yeah. were not paying for the coffee for their employees. Yeah. 
one of the think ads ever paid for a cup of coffee even on mars fuck no he's getting his coffee for free no i don't think they i don't think they take uh the tang and the coffee out of the astronaut's paycheck (laughs) i don't think so but also look up how much an astronaut gets paid it's kind of wild is it like 40k or something it's not great no it's better than that but it's (laughs) like how much do you think an astronaut should get paid and like as a software engineer in the fucking midwest i made more okay oh jesus no i was gonna say 200k at least no no what do you think do you think it gets paid as well as a u.s president although i do think they increased that to the princely sum of four hundred thousand in my Uh living memory but but yeah no it's uh yeah uh but but he probably gets free coffee you're right yeah makes up for it plus i i think astronauts do all right speaking engagements you know uh sponsorships book writing podcast appearances they got ways to make money oh yeah those lucrative podcast appearances <laughs> uh so so the thing here is that margo is bonding with somebody right and that's later just yeah. gonna be a dagger in her heart uh at the end yeah, of the episode no. I, I like i said i've read enough enough tom clancy that i'm fully expecting this is a c is this is a kgb sure fucking psyop uh-huh. the sea of margo's actually been operant and conditioned into loyalty or not you know mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I almost want to believe that they knew about the flaw in the bolts, and this is all a ruse to test Margot. Uh, yeah, disappearing, uh-huh. this dude isn't real. This woman crying over her disappeared husband or fiance or whatever isn't real. I'm looking for the angles here, but I'll take is it at it face value that, for now. That no one has point like how, how are they keeping Margot under wraps? If everyone knows who she is and what she's there for, like seems like the odds just keep going up and up and up the united states is going to get wise that they kidnapped slash liberated one of their citizens mm-hmm. but and no one talks about it no one talks about the date what I, what it seems to me an apparent danger there yeah is that an overlooking right. or is that just like they'd be stating the obvious uh that's a good question i because i don't even see the elements of uh monitoring her here yeah i'm i'm certain there are cameras throughout this building they know what goes on in the building sure um but she doesn't spend the night there like she used to and i like i kind of thought like we'd open this mm -hmm. with her like kind of having a cell there that she's just kind of kept and monitored 24 7 but i understand that like communications internally and especially externally in the soviet union were highly monitored but I'm just saying that like hundreds of people know about Margot in a way that probably didn't six months ago. And yeah. I think that's eventually going to be a plot point, but it seems like a stupid one that the Russians are just walking right into. Yeah, they're, they're definitely raising the risk on that coming out. Uh, so apparently up at Happy Valley, the language on the computer systems has been changed to, to some Cyrillic alphabet. Uh, and Danielle asks why. And she's told by one of the Soviet texts that it's because the Soviet Union no longer recognizes her as commander of the station. So Danielle meets with her team to discuss the problem. And Ed decides, okay, we're going to put some security on Svetlana's quarters to protect her and orders a security sweep of the entire base. You know, as much as we're talking about the Star Trek of it all, this felt so fucking Star Trek. This feels like Picard taking his team to the ready room and getting yeah. the senior staff involved and going around what are the solutions and like mm-hmm. like 
Ed really felt like Riker with like, you know, he's enforcing Ed and Danny's will, but also, hey, it is smart to put it put a guard on her door and uh, do a security sweep to make sure there's no other surprises. Like I did. I felt like I was, I was, I was this is the ready room, man. This is this is the episode where the nanobots take over the Enterprise's computer, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> piece right. by piece. And they're like, Well, uh-huh. the language has changed. Shit. What do we do about this guy? Fleshy bags of mostly water. Yeah. That's what uh, <laughs> that's that's when Kelly finds a microbial life, you know that's how it's gonna go down. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yep. They're gonna infect the, the Martian computers and, and hold the biologicals hostage. Mm-hmm. They're they're just robots from the robot creations from the Venetian colonies. We just haven't mm-hmm. seen them yet. Yeah next season oh yeah full full scale venus martian war oh my god Mm -hmm. cold war proxy war of the of of our lifetime (laughs) uh this is this is a huge problem though i i'm shocked that they don't have anybody who can read the cyrillic language here on the uh, nasa team right is that a little bit of commentary about how like the americans are kind of arrogantly like because every single russian there speaks fluent english Uh uh-huh and I believe they can read it and too. None of these motherfuckers can like. I'm I'm sure not none is strong, but the an, enough of the NASA people cannot speak or read Russian to where, because I don't think that's true in the International Space Station. I'm pretty sure that like a requirement to go up there is you have to be able to be fluent in like English and Russian because there is shit labeled in Cyrillic up there because it was nice. made in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the case, but but I do think like either way they're doing a little bit of commentary about the passive arrogance of the americans of just like well of course it's going to be this way of course you're going to uh bend over backwards to cater to our preferences because we're not going to learn your you're going to learn your fucking weirdo mongrel language with your weird alphabet get the fuck out of here our alphabet was right. handed down to us by the greco-romans baby mm-hmm. we inherited civilization from the from the greats that made like i it feels like that's a little bit what they're going with and you think Ed would know better after how important it became that he spoke Korean, just like happened to speak Korean, right? <laughs> a little bit of Korean, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, not great. But but you would think he would want somebody up there to be able to You know, to that's actually a good point because that was a great moment. Like the whole like, oh shit, I, I actually can speak enough Korean to make this not be a disaster. Like, yeah, you may be the old man of Mars. shoot another man in space or something. <laughs> Yeah, maybe in the last 10 years, he, like, picks up a Rosetta Stone and starts learning some Russian. I don't know. <laughs> even if it's not him. Even if just, like, I want somebody here who speaks this language. Yeah. In case communication does break down. We need that. Yeah, yeah I, I feel you on that. But, yeah, I mean, it could it could just be arrogance. Like, expectations. Uh, and, again, Americans it's not arrogance that, like arch-steepled fingers. Mister. It's more of just, like, yeah. the expectation that it's going to conform to us. And we're not going to mm-hmm. do it the other way. Yeah, because, yeah, like 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 the language flipping randomly to your partner nation's mother tongue should not be a base disaster, I would say. It really shouldn't. Yeah. That's a that's a security risk. That's a that's a that's a national security risk. If you can let if you let that happen. Absolutely. Uh, I wonder if the UI changed at all, because like if if I'm a tech up there and I've been trained on all this and I'm working on it day to day. I could just about do my job without yeah. being able to read the prompts. True. Unless the UI changed around, unless things moved. Yeah. Maybe, but then again, like I think I could I could navigate one or two menus deep, but you get in third and fourth menu. I don't know. Yeah. And then yeah. like reading values and like warning messages and stuff, it it might be tough. 
Yeah, could be. Uh, and here we're supposed to really notice that, you know, Ed is very protective of of Svetlana, right? He's putting, yeah. he's the one who suggests putting security on her quarters because he's worried about her safety. As light a touch as they put on that burgeon, burgeoning relationship, I was kind of surprised that they leaned way into it. But I also, I'm I thought never they played sure. that really well. I thought they did too, especially when like, I think you're supposed to understand that months jump by between episodes in a lot of cases, mm. unless there's an obvious thing that says no, this, but I, I think the, and there's probably the passage of time, like they're, they're mentioning, because I think this is late 2002, right? We're not quite to 2003, like getting to be Christmas time. Yeah, I think all the stuff that like like Dev is just now the the CEO of Helios, right? He's interviewed and the questions aren't like, "How did you yeah. become the the CEO again?" Right? It's that's yeah, all yeah, in the yeah. past. So a while yeah. has has happened transpired here. But yeah, the fact that he so it seems like they were getting to be important in each other's lives, and the whole uh, shared joint is the thing that pushed them into perhaps intimacy. Oh yeah. And they've absolutely hotboxed Ed's quarters. I believe a few so. times. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They've done, they've done a what was it the uh, a Jack and Rose <laughs> oh, in a moon buggy, uh-huh. sweaty palm print on the yeah. Totally. The great thing about smoking weed at a moon base is that when your parents walk in, you can just evacuate all the air to the surface of True. Mars, and they can't smell a damn thing. It's arguably that if you smoke up in a airlock and invent it, you're terraforming. <laughs> sure. One what kind exhale of life lives on? Th- we talked about this last time. Now the surface of Mars is going to be weed smoke. Uh huh. What one t- one lungful of THC at a time, slowly yeah. terraforming the planet. What life forms? What does that do to the human physiology? <laughs> what life forms survive in a hundred percent THC atmosphere? Mm-hmm. Venetians. That's who. It's going to be not. He's going to have a planet that not but Cheech and Chong and Snoop Dogg can rule over. Which honestly, most base form of government you could devise. I I would yeah. I would abide under that Cheech triumph for its rule. Mm-hmm. I'm in. President Cheech <laughs> had the following announcement after <laughs> consulting with his cabinet. Th- Snoop, the, the, the <laughs> concerned that the Martian atmosphere is dropped from thirty to twenty nine percent THC. <laughs> oh Jesus! Takes takes uh, takes answers from a from an outrage press. Can twenty nine percent even sustain a Snoop? I don't know. That's why maybe that's why he gave up. He's this is he's just going on a tolerance yeah. break. It's. <laughs> <laughs> You have to quit. He has to quit weed for like five years to even feel anything at this point. Yeah. You're listening to Hi, Bob. We'll be right back. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to more for all mankind. Uh, All right. Let's go over to Hobson getting an earful from the president about the international situation. He promises to fix it, but it ends up immediately on TV. Yeah. I don't think this is what uh, the president wanted. I think he's he's getting the the shit he was hoping he wouldn't get. Also, I mean, I think this is another critique of the American system, too, is like this guy is being drug over to coals for something he had no control over. Like, Al, like mm-hmm. if Al's going to be pissed, like he should have been. Well, but he, it's like I think he should be pissed at himself because they established that CIA had credible warnings that there was a potential coup and this motherfucker in this 
intense environment is crowing on the national stage that the that the the that the cold war is over and yeah. that like our like you know it's like again it's like they're they're more of a partner than we have they ever became in in this timeline but the idea is kind of like yeah and we won you you've got you know we don't have any borch stands in america but you got K, you got kfc and mcdonald's we kind of won mm-hmm. and uh like that had to put a lot of pressure on the hardliners you know it's like now or ne- never right yeah um sure. but but here's al calling and telling this guy that you got to fix fucking world peace so so i don't look bad for the elections that's kind of fucked yeah. up too that's not a way to run a government it's no not a way he could have cut that off at the past by not being by not grandstanding i guess yeah but we have but they have he has to grandstand because that's how the american politics stuff works right absolutely yeah like a a, a, a president just puts his hands down or head down and and just gets to mm-hmm. work done and never has a press release never pass himself never self-aggrandized that's a person's not going to make it the next four years yeah yeah you gotta get your name out there yeah so it's true our system has problems for sure uh, all right. Uh, speaking of interviews on TV, Dev is interviewed about it, and he says it's uh, up to the governments to resolve. He just wants to get people on Mars. Whoever wants to make the journey can go. Um, and then we cut over to Miles picking up his spacesuit, which isn't exactly as nice as the other guy's suit. Uh, it's the only one available, though, so he goes along with it. Yeah. That's just, what did you think of Dev's statement? Like, it feels a little glib. You know, it feels like, like a soundbite for the press. That's what yeah. it feels like. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't buy it. I want to see the internal workings here of Helios, and I want to see him get flustered once, because uh, last time he got flustered, he turned into a real piece of shit. So, yeah. And, we'll you know, it's like again. like anyone can go to Mars. Like, if you don't have any kind of standards or any kind of shared goal or vision, that seems like a recipe for disaster, because what will happen is you will self-select sure. for the people who give a shit about uh, uh, the, the give the least amount of shit up for each other you know that's going to be the people that survive and that kind of anything goes I'm not going to take mm-hmm. sides type of environment the side that's willing to, sh- to, to, to be the bigger shits are going to or, and, and to be the loudest screaming voices are going to get their way and I don't know I just feel like it's a little little glib to be like ah it's just not this doesn't affect us we're a multinational corporation we don't have any interest we don't have any sides one form of government's the same as another seems kind of crazy seems kind of crazy to be that way but it's very dev yeah and it's (sighs) hmm it's interesting this is the only the only update we got on the dev Aleda Kelly situation too uh-huh yeah that's all on the back burner this episode yeah i don't know i'm t- i'm really torn on this because i don't like <laughs> it's hard to say that corporate activism is necessarily good or bad it really just depends on what their views are and what your views are mm-hmm. and if he was taking a more active role in like this whole thing it could go either way you know maybe dev is is the guy you want leading it maybe he's not maybe he has some views that are kind of wacky so what do you I think don't about, about Miles' reflexive hatred of the guy just because he put, you know, a lot of my buddies out of work? That's understandable, um, but it's pretty backward also. Yeah. It's like, well, if, you know, we have jobs that don't need to be done anymore, those people are necessarily not going to have jobs. There, there needs to be a system in place to support them. I, I think that's like 100%. 
Yeah. But you don't just keep doing old jobs because the people in the jobs need jobs. Agreed. If there was That's a better insane. safety net, if people had a nice slow transition to another, you know, on ramp, um, you know, but mm-hmm. like what it, what it feels like happens is like, um, you know, you're driving down the road and someone fucking airstrikes it and just leaves it to rubble. And then you're like, your car's destroyed. You're there's no road anymore. And someone comes by and just like, you know, wh- wh- why did you drive into this blasted crater? You know, why didn't you see this coming? Like, why didn't I see the invention of like free fusion coming and helium three mining from the moon? Oh, I'm sorry. They didn't cover that in grade school when they're talking about good jobs. Like they're, mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm. We, we don't do we don't do enough to help people whose jobs are being displaced. Yeah, um, we leave people behind. Uh, that's yeah. the system we're in. We just say, well, fend for yourself. Uh, yeah. And that's a joke. Yeah. And cynically, like I, you know, I, I see like increasingly. um like how cynically coal miners are used in this country to, in certain areas of the country. It's like this is such a big, even though it affects less and less people, and it that's another job going the way of the dodo because it's just like it's not even the cheapest way to make energy. That's the one thing coal always had mm-hmm. for it, and now it's been supplanted by natural gas. So why are we still paying people to vanish things, small numbers of people to do this coal stuff? It's super dangerous. It pollutes the environment. Why are we doing it? It's only because like, we have ramped up production in other areas yet. Uh, that'll happen. Yeah. I mean, the the you know cost incentive alone is going to push it. In but that you direction. still have politicians this day saying they're going to bring back coal. That's stupid. That's stupid. That's <laughs> not. That's like, that's slightly less stupid than saying you're going to bring back whale oil. Yeah, but just slightly at this point. And those people are pandering to. That's to what I'm saying some, to a shrinking audience. It doesn't make any sense from any direction. I don't know why you would ever say something that dumb, but. People do it. I don't get it. I mean, it. And that's what I'm saying is it's not getting black bagged and dry, drag out to a forest and shot, but it's also not a way to make a great nation. For sure. Yeah. Leaving people behind is is crazy. Those people have something to offer and we should embrace it. There. Maybe the hammers and sickles will give me, give me a week's break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get hammered this week. We All don't right. have uh, a flawless form of government, people. Miles walks out to where Sam found the rock and starts looking around and he finds an entire mountain of the rocks as this big triumphant score really kicks into effect here. And of course he gets greedy. He reaches for one more. It's out of his grasp and he ends up sliding into a canyon. This is a commentary on greed, right? Sure. Yeah. Like this guy's walking around at 25 grand in his pocket and he almost loses it all. Like this is like a gambler's fallacy. This is a push your lo- like. This is like a, like a little morality play. Mm-hmm. Like this could be a child's book. You know the story of Miles, the 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 rock the rock hound. You know, and his friend Sam. Uh, and it's incredible to me how nonchalant he is about the danger here. Like I, not just not let's forget about walking out onto a tiny piece of rock that isn't supported well and reaching out over a canyon just the mere fact that he's walking around unmonitored in a suit on the surface of another planet mm-hmm. he's all alone in this operation uh, anything goes wrong he's dead anything mm-hmm. goes wrong yeah. This is so incredibly dangerous. Like, twenty five grand barely covers the cost of this thing. If you're talking about risk, but that's what I mean. He's desperate, right? He he's like, if I don't do this, he's thing, not anymore. I'm going to no. lose my family. He's, uh, he's working with Ilya. He's sending shit back. He's greedy now. 
It's not desperation, mm. it's greed. You're right. And I think that's the difference. I think that's why Sam reacts differently I don't know, like, I, okay, let me push episode. back a little bit. I think that a person of Miles' position is, like, it's a rational thing to be a little greedy. Because, like, you don't get into, when you're desperate, you get into illegal activities, but then, like, what? As soon as you make your, as soon as you're current on your bills, you stop? Because sure. you're just going to be it's right sad. back in that situation. You got to... You know, because there is no there is no real safety net. There is no one looking out yeah. after you. Like you got to be able to weather the storms, you get fuck man. You money. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I I understand the act the single minded acquisition to fuck you money in cap in a capitalist society. I don't know why it goes beyond that. Like I don't know why any I don't know why anyone works when they have a hundred billion dollars of net worth. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand why you you, you fucking won capitalism, baby. <laughs> Go cash out and spend your time on a private island. Like why the fuck are you still showing up for board meetings? What the fuck is wrong? But like that's probably why I don't have a hundred million dollars yeah. in the bank. Yeah, you're not <laughs> maniacally driven. But like, like I, I think a guy in Miles' position can be forgiven a little bit of greed because you, you can't just you, you, you like enough thing. is not enough because yeah. you got to plan on like what if you don't work the rest of your life because you get hurt or what if your kid you know it's like so I get it but still yeah. it's it's another symptom of the divide between the Eds and the Mileses though right like Miles is literally standing on the shoulders of Ed. He has no real qualifications or reason to be out there other than companies need his body out there to make money. And mm-hmm. because he has no tradition and he has no like institutional memory of the dangers and all the lives lost, and because this is just a job for him, and he's worked dangerous jobs, he's been out on oil ocean rigs, and that's a, kind of the same thing, right? He's completely <laughs> blasé uh-huh. to the dangers. And not yeah. just the dangers to him, but the the real harm he's putting his home country into with this North Korean stuff and the Russian shit, you know? Yeah, he's he's stirring up a lot of potential shit here that he doesn't even understand. Uh, the, the, so I'm looking at this from Sam's perspective a lot of the time yeah. um, and why she's reacting to him the way she is. And I think she sees this as greed, right? Like, in her mind, when you have your needs met, you should pull for the other people who don't have their needs met yet, right? Like yeah. she's she's all about solidarity and unity, um, and and I think that's like the perspective she's looking at this from. Hey, you got your needs met. Now you're risking life and limb to go get more. What do you need that for? Why don't you show some solidarity with us around the Vasily stuff or Vasily, however you say his name, uh, and and maybe we can get some movement on that and get treated better overall. And all of our our tides can rise a little instead of trying to pack your fucking bags full of expensive moon rocks so you can get cash. That's I what wonder if the difference between her idealism and Miles' pragmatism is the family because like she's established as she's Could there by like she has no kids she has no uh, one home no like no family even so she can afford to be mm-hmm. kind of like a little bit more revolutionary whereas like Miles is like at the end my kids got to eat man. Yeah, she might be a little better off with this salary than he is. Seems well, like and it. even if she's not, like she's like you know the company's not going to drag her out in Mars and kill her. You know, like she's 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 existing right, and she's at. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's 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 a whole, it's a whole other ball of wax when you got other people depending on you. It's sure. bad enough that you got to worry about you filling your own belly and keeping a roof over your own head, but like when you got smaller mouths to feed, oh my god, it's uh-huh. the pressure goes up that much more. I can imagine. Uh, I don't know. He he seems 
fine taking crazy risks here. Uh, and I, I was thinking like when he slides down into this canyon, that's ah, what one third earth gravity. He'll be fine. I was doing fine. that math too. Like, you know, like he's falling 30 feet. That's like falling 10. As long as yeah. you don't rip your suit or break, you'll be fine. Yeah. It might hurt. He's a tough guy, right? You, yeah. you don't work on oil rigs and then uh, not be tough. So yeah, uh, it turns out he was. Anyway, uh, Sam voices some concern directly to Danielle about the Svetlana situation, her not being sent home. And she says it's just not right. And she thinks Danielle knows it. And she's right, but because Danielle's a commander, she can't show it. Like, I thought Danielle, even though we know in her heart that she understands this and she's actually stumping for it to Ed, she come across yeah. pretty heavy-handed. At the beginning, pretty, definitely. I've, I've yeah. never seen Danny be imperious and heavy-handed, but I think she came across to... Like, I don't, I, I don't think that Sam walked away thinking, oh, here's a base commander that understands what the lower decks are going through, even though she does. No. Yeah, she didn't go away thinking that, but I think what she said to Danielle sunk in because you can see it later, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. In her actions, but I think so, that, like, I, yeah, I think I think Danny knew that even before she barged in her office. I just think that mm-hmm. sh- Sam's coming out of that with a bad taste in her mouth. And it's too bad and, because and, Danielle might be the hope for change. You know, absolutely, she be, yeah. But I, I think uh, that's 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 my reading of it. Is that uh, no one's going to agree with that? She kind of gets blindsided by this, Danielle. Like Sam yeah. comes in here with a head of steam and just is like at a hundred here, and Danielle's just like eating her lunch or something, <laughs> and mm-hmm. suddenly here's this person just unloading on her. So I can see like why she gets like a little defensive at the beginning. Yeah, but I think it does, you know, have its effect by the end. Um, yeah, because we're gonna see this right. She goes immediately to visit Vasily in the infirmary. And he's not looking good, but the doc, you know, he's generally optimistic, I'd say. Maybe not on the condition of Vasily, but overall on the base health. He's like, eh, we'll be fine. And the thing is, is he's like, we've been through worse, which is literally true. Like, it was Mm -hmm. way worse when they were stranded on Mars without resupply with a woman with preeclampsia, okay? Yep. But you all had dedicated patriotic people who were capable of pulling together and working for the greater good, like almost on instinct. And yeah. not just a few, like the 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 bulk everyone, uh, with the exception of the bad Danny, was on that board. <laughs> uh-huh. What do you think that proportion is now? Like if if the top siders are all the pilots, scientists, and astronauts. And you got five below decks full of workers who are probably jammed in. Like, I feel like it's like a 90-10. You got working class people and you've yeah. got the elites and they're not going to be able to carry the day. They're not going to be. No one has the moral authority to get up and be like, all right, people, this is Mars. We all got to come together. We ought to do these shared sacrifices like we've always. That's not that. That's not the Mars of 10 years ago. And no, I think now you've got competing interests up there. And I think it's causing huge friction as we see. Yeah, I wonder if you're going to have an as above, so below type of things where, like, you're going to have a coup on Mars that is going to mirror a lot the the upheaval in the Soviet Union. I mean, there was a half, you know, there was a soft coup when they changed the alphabet that they were using on the computers, right? I mean, that was top down, not bottom up. It's it's true. Yeah. This this is different. But even the Soviets are afraid of the bottom up. You know, they had one red. They don't. There's no more revolutions. The, the uh, right people are in charge now, comrades. You know. Sure, sure. 
Rich tells Sam that uh, Miles isn't back yet, so they go out to search for him. And they find him. He's low on O2. He's without radio comms, but they pull him out of the canyon with this big bag of precious rocks and they drive back to the base. Why is Miles just sitting waiting to die? I don't know, man. It's one third Earth gravity. He weighs like 50 pounds. Just climb out of there. Or try, you to find the other end of, or try to find the other end of the canyon or something. Yeah. Like, he's got no way to communicate with base because his transmitter is... He's just... He's going to sit there and wait to die. <laughs> yeah, I guess he shot his shot, man. It didn't it work, just, so now he's done. This is a guy who, like, took no... Like, he's re- willing to risk a North Korean firing line, the harsh surface of Mars, but he doesn't want to walk a few kilometers. <laughs> like... Yeah. No, I, I don't understand why he's just sitting there. Uh, and then Sam comes up and starts shoving him. I'm like, watch out. You just had some shit go really wrong because of shoving on the surface of Mars. Yeah. My Maybe boy and don't. I were watching this. We were both screaming like, oh, my God, how many suit rips are we going to get this episode? <laughs> right. Holy shit. You can't just go shoving people on Mars. It's serious business. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you can just take rovers out whenever you want, though. Those rovers just in the garage, free, free use rovers. Yeah, we pretty much shot our shot on this, but yeah, it, we'll see how yeah, it like out. there is a, I there's a believability line between Miles sweet talking and bribing his way into a blue suit, and then Sam unscheduled checking out a whole ass rover and rescuing him and mm-hmm. patching him up and doing all that stuff, and nobody call for status, nobody needs any logs filled out but you're right they might be met at an airlock with an armed guard but maybe it felt weird like how many how many of these fucking rovers they got like even if they had something like 30 it feels like that's not enough that you would just let people just take them you know without signing them out yeah and i can almost guarantee they don't have 30 uh my guess was two but that's like armageddon rules i don't know (laughs) maybe they have more than that uh I, I just needed another two minutes in this episode just showing how they get this rover. And I think they could have, like, put to rest a lot of my worries. Yeah. Um, you know, have, I mean, maybe Rich could do something to, like, sweet talk the radio guy, give him a pair of boxer briefs or something. And she goes down to the garage and hands out a penthouse takes out a rover I yeah there's plenty of ways they could have done it they just needed to include that or they yeah. need to arrest them when they get back yeah like I said they need to do more legwork to, to lower the to, to boost my suspension of disbelief and there needs to be a consequence because yeah mm-hmm. um you know I'm a degenerate shipper just talked about that last week uh Sam and Miles Meloshir has a moment yes I I, I'm typically against shipping people who are already attached unless there's like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, some abuse or it's like, oh, that's a bad person they're with and this other person's better. Miles' wife seems like a goddamn saint. Long-suffering. I, I don't feel good about him cheating on her with Sam. I don't, And I don't yeah. feel good for Sam because I don't understand what the fit... Why, why does Sam see in this guy? This goofy That's ass. The thing. This this feels like a a Gomer high Pyle. adrenaline moment, right? That, that's what this feels like. This feels like a moment that is going to be looked back as a mistake. 
So it's literally like one of those things where you put people into a high pressure adrenaline situation and it's like a love connection's made. It's all I mean, they don't see eye to eye on much. Not really. By this episode. So, yeah, I mean, this is like a regret she has tomorrow, you know, when she goes to visit. Hey, will you visit Vasily with me? Uh, I got to grab some more moon rocks. Right. God damn it. I shouldn't have kissed him. Yeah. I guess she didn't kiss him, but like. They, and I know she didn't, close. but she wanted to. And yeah. like, I, I already think that Miles is an idiot, but I thought I thought better of her. And I don't know, like, again, what is this Sylvester Stallone looking motherfucker with the buzz cut? <laughs> what? What? How is he pulling? How, I don't I don't get it. How's he pulling like a tractor? He's got that green card, man. It. That's all you need. I guess the green so. badge. I guess opens so. up a lot of doors. It's the money. In the end, it's always the money. All right, Margot back at Star City shows Arena the conclusions of her work, and she calls in the author of the accident report, and Margot claims that this report reached the wrong conclusion. Arena accuses him of knowing about the error, which he admits that he knew, but only after the mission was underway, and he accepts responsibility for the error. And then Margot is commended. The other guys escorted out. Margo gets her eyes on a report that she probably wasn't or maybe definitely was meant to see. This is like a loose thread at the end of this episode. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but then Arena comes back in, gives her an old picture of Sergey as a reward. What is a dangling thread, though? It, it, am I supposed to understand what this report is about on the desk? Is she getting a glimpse of the stuff going on with Svetlana? Or is this something else? Because she looks at this folder that's sitting... When Arena leaves the office, she looks at this folder with a picture. And it's upside down, so I couldn't really tell I if that was the accident report. And it's just kind of making the, just making a direct connection between the work that Margot did and this guy getting fired. Why show that? Just so you... Just, just to make that connection with the audience, that direct connection that, like, Margot... Everything that's about to happen is kind of Margot's fault. Do you think... Maybe, maybe mm. it is someone with Sabetlana, but, like, why would Margot know or care about that? Well, I, I I don't think she does know or care about it yet. She's seeing breadcrumbs, right? I think like she well, is it is, she is it just know. the fact that Margot has access to documents and she's trusted enough that like she turns her back? Like, is it is is this going to be like a reverse espionage situation? Like, Margot is starting to realize sure. I could be an asset if I butter up this woman and I get access to high level Soviet secrets and I can like again reverse the flow from the previous seasons seems Maybe crazy in the highly monitored internal workings of the soviet government but and yet <laughs> sure. spying happened Try all throughout it, the guess. cold war at every level by by margo <laughs> i don't know if she's equipped for that man i got we'll any, i gotta say I, i'm i'm still i think if margo went to the kgb none of this would have happened like yeah, the bullfinch, yeah. like like she 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 brought the bullfinch, the head the the, the bulliest bullfinch to the the good KGB. None of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. But I guess She'd Gorbachev be eating, eating crullers and and sipping coffee with her newspaper right now. But I guess Gorbachev was like on the outs at the KGB, so maybe that wouldn't have happened. Parts of the KGB. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. I think she should have gone. I think she should go. She should have taken that card to the KGB. None of this would have ever happened. Yeah, it's Al never Gore a bad idea. Have, Al Gore would have still have won the Cold War. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah, I, I assumed immediately we'll never see this dude again. Gulag for you. His name is Semenov. 
Uh-huh. Which Seam in off. Russian literally means son of semen, which is a little reductive, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you can say that about anybody. <laughs> Done to really yeah. boil it down. Mm-hmm. That he, you standing here is evidence that that's your name. Your name is too silly. Dismissed. Uh, oh, I I love this. Uh, the whole reason that this mix-up happened with the bolts and stuff, because they're using a different uh, measurement system. Is which, this a is this a reference to the real life NASA EU fuck up? Gotta where be. Yeah. NASA was using feet, and the EU the was first using thing I thought of meters, and we ended up plowing a a billion dollar lander into mars because it deployed its retro rockets at the wrong altitude yeah gotta be right i love it that makes perfect sense uh and and this whole thing here that they do at the end with the poem um this is really shining a light on margot's love for space i guess because here this is supposed to be a love for a person but i think what they're doing is saying that margot just really loves the work that she was doing and, you know, it's kind of sickening to her that she got mixed up in all this politics stuff. And I know that she's about to give Sergey the, the Sergey photo, but I, is Sergey's Margot's love, Margo's love or is the work Margot's love? I think that you could interpret that way, but I think it's clearly Sergey because if you read this Pushkin poem, it's all about, you know, mm-hmm. like, like it's talking about a person living in exile, that they have no more tears, no more love, no more passion, and then... The love of their life lights back, writes back, and uh, walks back into their life, and it's like you know. Well, but all the same thing is happening given. with with her work, right? It she is, was exiled she there in Russia. Gave her the picture of Sergey. Like I think that's. I, but the thing is, is I don't know what game the bullfinch is playing because it feels like she's. Mm-hmm. It feels like she is radicalizing Margot unintentionally. Sure, but well, like. Remember your boyfriend that we we did the the bait and switch on you and the same we heavy handed you you. and we tried to choke him up and all that kind of stuff and remember how we took him away like I it's like Mm -hmm. it's a really weird arch supervillain way to keep an underling in line but I feel like the bullfinch thinks she's doing the Lord's work here you know she's like she's like nah no no it's perfect I've got I got Margot right where I need her. She's killing the golden goose, you know. If 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 her idea finch. is that Margot's going, yeah, the golden bullfinch, she's killing it. If if Margot's going to be the outsider perspective they need, the unflinching source of truth and honesty, yeah, you can't have her jumping at her own shadow. And yet, that's exactly where she's pushing her. So yeah, I'm with you. you don't man. want your employees to flinch. Don't don't act like you're going to hit them in the face all the time, and then uh-huh. you give them two for flinching. Like and maybe pay for the coffee. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You you will train 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 yourself to be uh, flinchy. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Hobson is working out at home and he freaks out at his exercise bike. Starts telling him to shut the fuck up. Um, his wife comes in. He admits to her, "Yeah, the stress might be getting to me a little," and she gives him a pep talk and promises that uh, he promises he'll only be in this job for a few more years and then they can go on vacation. She mentions maybe going to India, which sparks an idea in his head so he heads back to work I like it I'm like I said Marv is funny mm-hmm. um, the uh, pickup the pace was pretty funny and I, like I said I, I always like an organic sometimes these things feel a little forced but like this I didn't even know what the hell they were talking about you know like it's like India how's this going to help and then the way it worked is like I, I thought it was pretty good 
Yeah. Makes sense in the geopolitics. Yeah, we're going to kind of skip all the inner workings of how that goes down. But Danielle and Ed are talking about the news uh, here in the next scene. Um, and she's apparently, Svetlana's going to be shipped back to India, the only neutral country in the M7 to stand trial. Uh, Danielle's already signed off on it, which, man, that pisses off Ed. Uh, they both say that, oh, this reaction is so typical of you for various reasons. But Danielle's made up her mind. She's gone along with this. They're fucking with us at this point. How so? Right? Because, like, you know, Danielle corks off in his litany against Ed and is well-deserved, mm-hmm. richly deserved. She's right. I like Ed, yeah. one of my favorite characters, but Danielle is right with the capital R. And yep. she's righteous. Same capitalization. Um, and she's like, this is just like uh, Gordo and Danny. And he's like, oh, what about Danny? He's like, well, you let your emotions yeah. get the better of you. And because of that, he, he and then Ed looks right in the camera and says, he, he what? what? <laughs> I'm right. like, yes. Say it. What? Say it, I would like to know. <laughs> I would. I can handle the truth. I think I'm entitled uh-huh. to it. I Yeah, I would like to know what the fuck. Are they going to yeah. keep stirring? Is this going to be just like an in joke where it's like, because it makes perfect sense in universe for these people to never talk about it. They went uh-huh. through it. Why the fuck would they? They don't need to. And it was to. traumatic for them. And yeah, sure. Lots of reasons. Yeah. But like as an audience, I feel like I'm getting fucked with. But I also feel like I know like Danny's dead. Danny's dead. I mean, he didn't. The, the end of that knowing, sentence isn't. You know nothing. And that's, when, and that's when Danny went off with the Martians to their colony. Like, <laughs> what are the results of like exiling somebody into a capsule? They probably killed themselves. In Danny's he jail, state. he could kill him. Yeah, I think you're right, but like the fact that no one's saying it is, I think, yeah. a little funny. Oh, I agree. They're teasing us for sure. Yeah, and I like uh, how they did. I thought uh, Kinnaman did a good job with the whole. You know, she's important to the base, and she's important mm-hmm. to the asteroid program, and she's like important to everybody. Can't act say like she's important to me, Danielle. She's important to yeah. me. And and that's the thing. It's weird with Ed, right? Because, like, they have so much history together, him and Danielle. And, like, I I look at this relationship and how it's kind of, I guess, cooled. And in its place, Ed has taken up relationships with other people. And those are taking priority here. Because, my God, when he's talking about, like, when it gets so heated here. I'm like, you you guys go way back. Why are you throwing all this vitriol at this person to defend somebody you've only known for a few years, maybe? But but it's recency bias. It's like, this is the relationship. This is the thing he's feeling now. And his connection with Danny is kind of on, you know, that's history at the moment. And I got to say, I think he's always taken Danielle for granted. Like... Yeah, the fact wrong. that he would ever question her personal loyalty to the space program, to him, to her Crazy. crewmates after yeah. she broke her fucking arm to cover Gordo's space madness. That's the definition of ride and or risked die. risked everything to shake hands with the Russians in a time where that yeah. was frowned upon. Yeah, it's she... fucking ridiculous that Ed is being this chesty with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's why I'm 100% on Danielle's side here. She is winning this argument without a doubt. Yeah, because it's absolutely true of Ed. He does defend the people that he is close to. Um, above I, I all else. hope he I hope he Rikers up here because I do not think it's fun to watch Ed completely fucking, t- you know, not appreciate Dan. Like I want I want them to be Picard mm-hmm. and Riker. 
uh like like i said the earlier scene where it's like they that 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 ready room scene that works so well i do not want to see this house divided like ed fucking for christ's sake get your head out of your ass and fall in line behind your commander god damn god damn yeah ed's hmm. ed has a tough time with that and we saw this coming right i mean the, that first discussion they had uh but see i, I if I'm, if I'm being really real I still think Ed secretly sees Danielle as a diversity hire. That's possible. Like it goes all the way back it's, to like you ridiculous. guys. You guys like, took you guys foolish, took a short. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do. But I really think like when you look at her, when you look at the way they um, they interact, there's a lot of warmth, a lot of history, a lot of friendship. But there is also a little bit of that where he's like, "You, you cut in line. You didn't. You didn't earn it." Yeah. Which is and, a shame. And you also might not have it. You might not also have it deep down. You might not have that command like ability. I think oh, wow. a little bit. Yeah, you would think everything he'd seen from her would. I mean, how many fucking times is he second guessed an order but... she's given? Like every time, every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he does. He second guesses orders, but I, th- I think True. you're right. It's There's not, still lingering... you're right. It's it's not like he just rebels against Danielle's orders, but still, Jesus. Still, no, I. <laughs> I'm with you here, man. If Molly Cobb was the base commander, she would not be getting this shit. 100%. Yeah, you're probably right. Because she would have put his ass out an airlock yeah. like the second time he questioned his orders, <laughs> true, probably. True. But. Yeah. Uh, Margot gets some food in the cafeteria where she runs into Tatiana, who's alone at a table, and she's crying because the KGB took her mentor, uh, this seaman son son of a seaman mm-hmm. t-minus three seconds until the ad touchdown and we're back yeah i, I talked about the parallels between von braun and this guy uh for margo here so yeah, that was a great that was a great piece of here. analysis because I didn't even fully realize like the amount of craptitude that Margot was feeling about herself here. But but yeah, I forgot the fact that like this is something she can tense relate to. And when she's saying cat they, they make cowards out of all of us, even me, like this now includes Margot, because Margot is working for this yeah. instrument of the state. Um arguably Mar- Margot's cowardice um at key points in later seasons is why she's here in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. her like comb- arrogance and like fear and like yeah like that's I, I said it's like I you got to be built different to spit in the face of an authoritarian regime man <laughs> yeah like you, we talk about this every time like in narcos where it's like you're the one politician that says tells Pablo Escobar where he can stick his bribes mm-hmm. and you get your you get you're your tongue pulled out through your neck like. You gotta be, and and you gotta, you got, you, you gotta like, yeah, just willingly sacrifice potentially your entire life on the chance that maybe some change will happen or enough people will stand up. Because that's the thing; it's the like, next person in line will do the same. Because there's not enough KGB, there's not enough secret police, there's not enough stooges and goons to ever keep a whole country down. It's just no. a fear. Like if everyone stands up, like if you know cop goes to make a bad arrest and we all the whole neighborhood be like no fuck you're not like that arrest doesn't get made so it's just always a little element mm-hmm. of like and that's how these also work because there's there's you, you make people complicit 
Yeah. And that's the hardest part. Once you make a person complicit, it's going to get easier and easier and easier for them to go along. And it's it's sad. It's sad and it's tragic. And uh, uh, Margo's feeling it. Uh, and then Arena starts the daily meeting without Son of a Seaman uh, with an announcement that Svetlana will stand trial in India. Vacant chair and uh, Margo's uh, staring lasers at it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then we go back up to Happy Valley where Ed offers to hide Svetlana in the base. This would never work. This Martian base is too small, but she turns down the offer because it's a stupid one and gives him a well, kiss. Bef- yeah. Is it so it's like my idea for this is that if they can hide her for like a couple of days, that's enough that like, what are you going to do? Hold the whole Martian transport? Like okay, that thing, yeah. that thing has months, to go right? and there's not like, yeah, then they would have a couple months in between and there's enough. But but like the fact that Ed is going to full on mutiny. Yeah. That's uh-huh. what this is. That's what oh, this yeah. is. This is another house divided. We've been talking about the Russians, but ooh, it doesn't look good on the the western side of the base either. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like uh, yeah, anyway. Svet- Svetlana is the cooler head that prevails here. Yep. Uh, she kisses him before the guards knock on the door, and then he walks her down to the Unity through the crowd that has gathered to see her off. Uh, some some for and some against this outcome, I would think. Yeah, I was. Uh, it's a good scene. Like you really get an idea of how divided the base is because it's not just the Russian staring da- daggers at her. Some of them are pretty sympathetic. It's not just the Helios employees. It's just. What I got looking out over this is like, how in the world would you know who your friends are? Yeah. Because there's like the loud mouths that are talking about the politics all the time, but there's the 90% that are just listening. And you have no idea how that's going to break. You have no idea how people are really thinking. Um, and I think that shows like the challenge that Danielle's facing, right? Yes. Especially with the class divide here with not not living in the same space as these people, not talking with them over lunch each day, right? She's not going to get the temperature she might get a general feel, but she's not going to get the details she needs to know to run this base. Yeah, I just wonder when the the real civil disobedience are going to. So when does sabotage? When does the slow work? When did the the strikes and the protests? Mm-hmm. Violence into like when when yeah, it's uh, it's all scary. The other thing that the scene does really well is gives Ed a moment um, to really play up here. Like, I felt for him as he's walking Svetlana out. He's doing a very tough thing here. Um, he's saying goodbye in a pretty dramatic way. Um, and his performance there really carries it. I felt like Joel did a great job. Yeah. Very strong people going with some strong emotions, but uh, they, they're, they're the only way they're going to show it is a little bit of, little bit of uh, lids, lids rimmed with tears. Eyelids rim yeah, tears. That felt very ad, for sure. And that's the end of the episode. And it, I also did not like him shoulder checking Danny. It wasn't. I, I was watching for that. It wasn't a hard check. It, it wasn't it, a... R- Riker would never, and Picard would never. Can you imagine fair, Riker fair. shoulder, like even lightly shoulder checking Picard on the way out of a ready room? Are you fucking Picard, kidding me? <laughs> He'd give the full. He'd bring out the harums that he reserves for Beverly, like unzipping her unitard. Like, yeah, Uh he would uh not. The stiffest (laughs) upper lip would be deployed against Riker, and he would fall in line. 
Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I don't know that I've ever seen Riker touch Picard. Period. Physical contact, I don't think it's ever happened. Seen it happen a few slash fix, but yeah, on the actual canon proper. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, that's it, man. Good episode, yeah. I think. We'll Fuck see how that's how it all shakes out next time, but Fuck you, Ed. Don't 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 shoulder check Danny. Yeah. Uh shall we do some feedback? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, for all uh, FAM at baldmove.com before that um, if you are wondering how to find what we're doing at bald move because we're starting a Christmas season we got a whole bunch of cool Christmas stuff we're talking about uh, Christmas movie reviews Scrooged uh, Love Actually um, I almost said for all email kind uh, you've got all the email you've got email mm-hmm. you've got mail that's it that's the name of the movie uh, we're going to be doing send more Martian Rocks See, we're going, <laughs> we're going to be uh, we're, do, we're doing Fargo and For All Mankind. We got a lot of cool stuff for next year. Uh, House of the Dragon is going to be coming up in the, the spring or maybe early summer. How do you follow along with all that? We're at Bald Move everywhere except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move there. And if you'd like to get ad-free feeds and bonus audio content all that Christmas, all those uh, Christmas movie podcasts exclusively for our club members, uh, find out how to support us at support.baldmove.com. All right, FAM at baldmove.com. First up is Leela from New Zealand. Since you guys were pondering how old Ed was, my thinking is he's probably in the 65 to 70 year range. Ed served in Korea. Korea in real life was in the 1950 through 1953. Assuming it's the same timeline here, uh, Ed was part of the early Mercury program in the 60s, so he must have been born in the early 30s to serve in Korea. Uh, post or during his training in she says indianapolis but i think this might be a mishearing of annapolis the naval Mm. academy so he'd be 18 to 23 in the early 50s and in 2002 in mars he's going to be at least 65 i actually crunched the math i think the low the 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 lower limit for his age like he had to be 18 in 1953 to, to legally participate in the last year of the war so that would make him 67, 2002. But we also know he went to Annapolis and he would have not gotten his wings and served before then. And that's a four-year term. Hmm. Unless they defer that in wartime, maybe. But if that's the case, then he'd be 22 at a minimum flying in Korea, which would put him at 71. Again, that's the youngest. If he was serving from the beginning of the war, then you're oh, you're easily like at 75 plus. So when they hmm. say old man of Mars, they mean it. He's he's late 60s at the youngest. Um, She says, also, I'm finding there's a lot less LGBT in this season. I'm wondering how that will manifest as it's a theme that's been carried through the prior three seasons. I wonder if they just feel like they're done with that arc. We have gay people still on the show. Will made an appearance Mm -hmm. as as part of the senior staff of NASA um, in the Earthbound Ready Room scene. But, like, I think in america like we are just 20 years ahead of where we're at in terms of lgbt acceptance i I guess they haven't explicitly uh talked about trans people on the show but like sure it seems like those kind of rights seem to move forward in blocks in advance like that you know because of the because of the alliance so uh, they might just be done they might have just made the point about like you know you, you you start taking apart the the patriarchy a little bit at a time and the dominoes all kind of fall with it you you break down the barriers for women 
that uh, you break down the barriers for minorities. Other minorities can make because it's the same argument, you know, like, why not mm -hmm. us? Why not us? What's wrong with us? What's really wrong with us? Yeah. Um, so they might just be done making that point. I don't know. And they got a lot of points to make on this show if we're going to get to the Star Trek utopia style society. Right. Uh, you have to get get past the concept of ownership, which I feel like is a pretty ingrained one. Yeah, uh, That's going to be tough. So a lot of ground to cover. And I think they said what they wanted to say on that topic mm -hmm. so and like i said i, I um and now it's just i'm not sure we're done with ellen either like it wouldn't surprise me if ellen makes an appearance later on um and we still have will but mm -hmm. yeah since you know I, I guess i would have to agree that there, there's been a little bit of a, a backseat there uh eric our resident nasa guy said it would be highly unusual for someone at latest age to become a flight director while she's excellent at her job and very smart at nasa pretty much everyone is excellent at their job and very smart <laughs> true the people in these types of positions tend to be highly experienced folks with many years of experience in a variety of jobs that have prepared them for the position in addition they need to have good leadership skills which i don't think we've seen from aleda being exceptional in one particular area does not position you for something like flight director i'd also argue that Margot was probably not the right person either when she was hired into the job but she grew into it uh but then again it's just a tv show so last episode from an in-universe perspective, a guy, I guess if you think that Bill is a judge of character, his position was he was shocked that she had not made flight director yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think, do I agree that she hasn't shown leadership skills? I actually think her brokering piece between her and Bill was a very good indication that she could be a good leader. You know, someone that can swallow their pride, admit that they're wrong um humble themselves to come to to someone and work out a personal beef but but you're right I, i'm 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 more agreeing with you than not i'm just also saying yeah. that like the show's opinion seems to be she should have been flight director yeah her friend's opinion you that's know, true and take like it with also a bit of a grain of salt there also bill is one of the kind of i would say the underdogs of nasa you know so maybe he's uh -huh. a little bit more inclined to like stump for his friend or like buck her up maybe a little bit. Maybe. Anyway, Luke says, just want to throw out a fun little connection between loss and for all mankind. The surfer who called Dev a fascist pig in the beach is actress Tonya Ramond, who played Alex, Alex Rousseau, the daughter of French woman, Danielle Rousseau oh. on Jim's favorite show. Lost Glad <laughs> my favorite show. Yeah. Glad to see her in another plucky role in one of my favorite shows. Lost truly brings all shows together and end. What? How old is? Because I thought she was like in her early twenties, but on she Lost? surely wasn't like seven on Lost. Like what? No. <laughs> oh no. my god! Wow. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Forty-five-year-old hippie her. surfer. Uh, Oki Paul says, I'm loving the new season and your coverage, but there's a missing element in the show's timeline that bugs me. Hip hop and rap. Where's Tupac, <laughs> Biggie, Puff Daddy, Outkast, Jay-Z or Wu-Tang? Not a mention of the Beastie Boys or Eminem. Have I missed a reference? It's not detracting from the story, but it feels a bit jarring to not have hip hop <laughs> culture represented at all. What are your thoughts on this? And are there any missing elements in their timeline that have bothered you? Yeah, it's, it's the turntable was never invented. You know, the Russians beat us to space. And instead of stopping the space program and inventing turntables, we had to focus on space. Yeah, it turns out jazz is where all the... the uh... Yeah, I, I, this is a good point because I don't understand... 
are they saying that like Danielle becoming an astronaut increased race relations so much that <laughs> you didn't have like a crack epidemic and the rise of gangster rap and like is is like that like and then is it a utopia hmm. if you don't have rap? Could certainly make an argument that it's not. Is it all conscious style hip hop? There's none none of the gangbang and stuff. I don't know. It is. We now that you pointed out, like you have, yeah. uh, you know, Clint Eastwood has a rap in it, but I that that seems uh, that seems like you're trying to smuggle it into side entrance. Like you should just roll it in the front door, man. Yeah, we need some Fifty Cent. We need some Jay Z. I mean, Something we're in, in the era where yeah, we should definitely Something. be hearing that stuff. Yeah, like it's like it's one thing when um, Star Trek does nothing but you know like like no one's ever a fan of twentieth century pop culture, twenty no, first century. Classical. Never right, you know. Jordy's never just like sitting listening to NWA in his quarters. It's always mm-hmm. like Brahms and and uh, it's all about Brahms with him, isn't it? No, it's all about Bach and <laughs> Beethoven and Shakespeare uh-huh. and all the highfalutin bullshit. But 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 this show, yeah, like we need, yeah, we need we need to get some we need to get some hip hop and R and B in here. Uh, David says, "Hi, Bob's. Hi, Bob. Just want to sh- say how much I enjoy all the threads in the show. It's so much more interesting to have a timeline that is this close to our own. I long for Gene Roddenberry's utopian future, and who wouldn't? But this feels way more realistic. I love something that engages science and morality and politics. Fantastic program. I hate Apple uh, in principle, but their TV department is knocking it out of the park." Anyway, thanks for pods about them. I would never have discovered this show or Severance. Ooh. We're going to do Severance upright when it comes back, by the way. Absolutely. I know we haven't talked about it a lot, but me and Jim fucking love Severance, and I, I cannot wait to give it the full treatment. In fact, I, I think our latest thought is we're going to go back and cover the first season in the lead up to season two. I'd really like to, yeah. Both as a yeah. refresher for myself and just have full coverage of it for everybody. Because I don't think I could do the show justice if I didn't do full coverage to just just to get it all straight in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, great show, and I get Apple is just killing it in science fiction. I think. Yep. Um, and also, as far as the Gene Roddenberry's utopian future of it all, don't forget that Gene Roddenberry's actually he foresaw the world going through a cataclysm of like World War Three eugenics wars, and like we had the, the same way that Europe had to get sick of killing each other for like a thousand years before they became the EU. Like we had to do that across the globe before we were ready to join. And, and also maybe the Vulcans, like if first contact hadn't happened and we had missed that boat, does, United, okay. does, the, does, does the species make it out into the, out of the 22nd century? I don't know. So yeah, Gene, uh, it, it didn't come for free. That's for sure. Michael says, I'm still catching up on prior seasons, but I started it with season four. I was wondering if it came up before how many people in Happy Valley are in Ed or Danny's position versus Miles. The way they presented it didn't seem right to me. With all the upfront costs, I think Helios would try to limit the number of employees as much as possible and then not argue about pay with the employees who that are needed. Uh, let's take this first. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought like maybe 90-10 for like the quote quote unquote elite scientists, pilot, astronauts versus the grunts. Um, if you just go by levels, you've got one level for the elites and three yeah, levels, uh, two that are under construction for the asteroid program. So that's like a three to one ratio. Mm-hmm. 
I'd say that's the and but but that's that's guess that's also saying that the top side people have the same population density as the lower decks people, and I guarantee they don't. Yeah, they're not sleeping in bunks four to four to a room. Right, right. They got they got their own space. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm guessing it's at least three to one, if not if not much higher. Um. And also about with the upfront costs, I think Helios would try to limit the number of employees as much as possible. I've worked in enough big companies where I've seen departments get the raw materials ready for a manufacturing process that was not even close to being done. Like, I totally believe that Helios would fully ship the people anticipating that the asteroid program has been a success and they can instantly make money. Like, they they never... Mm-hmm. They never plan for the failure they always go for the success because when they fail at big enough scale they get bailed out for it sure and they're trying to maximize profit and time equals cost so they strand 500 people on mars like in substandard living conditions your average person on earth is not going to give a shit Mm mm-hmm because they're going to hear, they're going to be like, "Oh, I'd trade, I'd trade positions with them tomorrow in a heartbeat, right?" Yeah. If Helios hear Ed's, Ed's dialogue about being grateful and yeah, if, if Helios stock goes down thirty percent and it jeopardizes the energy security of the United States, shit will get done. So you uh-huh. see how that works? So so yeah, they don't they don't they don't I don't I I I think that seems very in line with how a company would view this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They expected the asteroid capture program to be uh, in full operation. Mm-hmm. And now they got a bunch of people who probably don't have much to do, which is why Ilias is bumping, right? You're right. And, you know, it's like, yeah, like NASA wouldn't do it that way. NASA would do no. the slow, careful, measured growth, test, test, test. Then, you know, once you prove the capability, expand into it. That's not how the private sector works because mm-hmm. that company would have their lunch eaten by the company that's yolo and yeah and there will be 50 other companies yolo and and mm. one of them would hit and that's all yeah. it takes to beat nasa right so yeah that's why you want to be first first to market and the other 49 would crash but it doesn't matter because one got through um also miles is working hvac on mars wouldn't airflow be one of their biggest concerns why would helios go out of the way to antagonize an hvac mechanic wouldn't it be worth a little more in a paycheck after they already paid for all the upfront training costs why would Hollywood go out of their way to antagonize the actors and writers and directors that make the product that they make billions of dollars off of? Mm-hmm. Why would an offshore oil rig try to screw? Why, why would a why would a company that's that's making millions of dollars off Pollock and and or uh, and cod and and all that? Why would they why would they pay guys that spend a month on their ship a buck fifty when they? I mean, it's like. I don't know. I honestly don't know because it's insane. It's insane from it's, any kind of like sober analysis, but yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, we talked about, you know, the, the parallels between the Russian government and the American government here. And it's the same thing. Like why, if you want honesty and truth from your employees, why would you make them feel like they have to jump at their own shadow? Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's Kafka esque, right? Like this, yeah ridiculous these ideas that they have of a way to run an operation just grind up the employees but i guess there's always another person willing to go to mars to be ground up 
Yeah, and it's like you have to have like so a good example of how to stop this is like you look at Norway and how strong their public sector is. And right now, like I don't know if you're paid attention to this, like like I think it's Norway. It might be Finland. It's one of these Nordic countries that got shit figured out. Um, you know, Tesla is one of a disruptive company, right? They don't want to do dealerships. They want they they don't want to give their workers fair protections. And like they go into this country, Norway, the land of unions. And they think, oh, well, we're going to bust up this, you know, we're going to we're going to disrupt the shit out of stuff. But in Norway, it's not just like the auto union you have to work with. Like now, like um, like you cannot get your license, you cannot get your Tesla licensed in Norway because the Norwegian, the, the Norway, the, you have to get your license plate shipped through the mail and the poster workers union refuses to carry Tesla's mail. Hmm. So it's like. It's amazing what you can get done if every citizen links arms and says, fuck you, there's 10 of us for every, mm-hmm. well, there's 100, 1,000 of us for every one of you, and this is not right, we're going to stand against it. And we're the we ones actually have doing the work. We we make the things that you depend on yeah, to make your money. We, we don't have that culture in this country. You, no. Russia doesn't have that country, that culture in their country. Um, and, until no, it's fuck he, you got mine. That's our until, culture. Until the top 10 countries in the world have that kind of culture, we're going to be stuck with this. Like, why does this happen? Why do why do brands that do things right get bought up by venture capitalists and have that brand ran into the ground? You know, why, why is Amazon having to rehire people that they fired for poor performance because they've run through the entire job pool They've ground everybody into dust, and now all yeah. they're left with is dust to hire. So, yeah, they're cannibalizing themselves. They're, they're yeah. The snake eating its tail is eating a little faster than it's fleeing. That's why the, you need regulation for these companies, because like they can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. They can't uh-huh. help but make short-sighted, stupid decisions. And unless you put the proper tracks and guardrails on that process, it's going to always lead to carnage. Yep. So, 100%. Anyway. <laughs> FAM at baldmove.com. Whether you're a boomer that's pissed or a sickle and flag uh, <laughs> for all mankind, FAM at baldmove.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll see if Miles and Sam are met with handcuffs and, and arms at the airlock next episode. If not, we can only hope. Might, might have some splaining to do for all mankind. We'll see. See you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob. Bye, Bob.